0: Real news. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM.
1: Well, How's it been over there? Like aren't, isn't there like rolling blackouts or something in California right now because of their like poopy public yes, utilities? So
2: they were, so we had real, so it was really dry, cold and windy, like back in October and in part of November. And so they were shutting off the power uh, for most of Northern California uh, to prevent fires. But it was super weird because the areas they were shutting off, it may as well have been a wealth map rather than a logical map of places where there could be fires. Um, so the wealthy neighborhoods kept their power and the poorer uh-huh. neighborhoods got turned off. Uh-huh. And then of course all the wealthy neighborhoods who kept their power caught fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
3: ironic. So,
2: so it was kind of weird Um so, yeah, actually, I had to evacuate from that uh, for about a week. Oh, Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, like, Northern California infrastructure is, uh, it's probably got to be, I mean, I haven't spent too much time in other places, but I can only imagine it's probably one of the worst in the country.
1: I don't know. PA is pretty bad. Yeah, here. we do have it bad. Why why, why?
4: I, I guess I'm assuming that there's so many fucking people in California. California? that like i guess it's like tough to build an infrastructure to handle all of those freaking people but yeah I, it's, I, I, it's, it's it, old this is a
2: mess it's a mess yeah i don't know how, i don't know how you old. do it i i don't know how i'm doing it either like I, at this point i'm actually uh i had to move out of my place in san francisco and at tech at the moment i'm technically homeless so um Oh, my. Yeah, I don't, oh, uh, I don't really know what's going to happen next because uh, trying to find a place to live in the middle of like power outages, torrential rains, like crazy wind storms, and like then the political climate is just as much a shit show. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, the laws you... they're passing right now in California are completely insane.
4: Why yeah, are there these yeah, like. Fucking Gavin Newsom. Oh.
2: Yeah. God. The dude's, like, I, I don't mean him any disrespect when I say this, but, like, he's dyslexic. Like, literally. <laughs> like, I don't know if he can read the shitty signing. Like, <laughs> so It's that's like kind paid, of a problem for me. <laughs> he,
4: he pays more attention to the grease on his hair than he does the actual, like, you know, yeah. the actual people in the state.
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. He's uh he's he's out on his own doing whatever he's doing. I mean, he was hailed as some great mayor when he was the mayor of San Francisco, but like mayor like San Francisco is a complete shit show now. So, like I mean, I guess it kind of peaked around the time he was mayor, but uh since he left, it's been all downhill from there. So, it, I don't I you know, usually you know, you can kind of judge a situation like based on what happens after the person in power leaves Mm. um, versus more so who comes into power next, because the next (laughs) person who comes into power has to spend all their time cleaning shit up, kind of like Trump's had to clean up Obama's messes like a lot of stuff doesn't actually get done. Um, So it's hard to say that, you know, he just might have been in the right place at the right time, and I don't think it really had anything to do with him.
0: Are they doing anything to fix those, like, power outages? And, like, why are they happening exactly?
2: Um. So they basically, like, they basically haven't updated the infrastructure in most of Northern California in the last, like, 30 to 50 years. Holy so God. everything's wow. super old. Um. Then they passed a bunch of environmentalist laws that of don't course. let us uh trim back the forest. And you literally can't even cut a tree limb that's about to fall on a power line. Oh my Um, God. They passed laws and legislation that like you have to get permits and all this stuff now. So it used to be back in the day, if you saw, you know, a tree was going to, you know, had grown over a power line, you could just go cut the damn tree down and no one would ask any questions and they'd thank you for it. Now you can get fined if you do that. Um, So yeah, that's a problem. Forest thinning is a problem, which most Like some counties are still pretty good about it. Like there are counties that are up like in the Sierra Nevada and there's some counties that have had to pass their own legislation to kind of override the state's legislation and they've got enough funding that they're able to thin the forests and do controlled burns and they have to basically do it themselves uh, without state help. Um, And there's a couple counties that do that, but most of them don't have the money or the resources and the state won't give it to them. So Uh, You know, then you end up with situations like Santa Rosa, you know, what just happened uh, in Paradise and that whole situation. So, you know, there's unfortunately, you know, without state support, um, you know, you're you're kind of on your own as a county to kind of manage stuff on your own. And a lot of these counties are poor. Um, They don't have a lot of resources. So the state is supposed to be there to give them those resources. And the state is so corrupt that they're not doing that. Um, And when that's literally happened for 40, 50 years, uh, you get into a situation where they're literally shutting the power down and entire cities are burning to the ground.
1: Do you think any of this will ever get people to stop voting Democrat? (laughs) I
2: (laughs) don't think so. Um, I mean, like... (sighs) you know there's obviously the left right paradigm and like i at this point i think politicians in general are just so corrupt um you know it's people need to just stop voting for both parties and they need to just vote for people they actually know in their communities who actually do things um you know and you know it should be the guy who you know is out fixing their neighbor's uh Roofs during a storm that's the guy that we need to elect because mm-hmm. that's the person who will actually get someone something done. We need to stop electing rich, powerful elites who don't even know what like the price of milk is. Um, that's that's the real problem,
1: yeah. Yeah, it just seems crazy too. And then I also heard that like if you even want to get a generator over there, you have to have like a permit to kind of run your own generator that costs like by what? the end of everything, it's like 30 grand or something. Like just for the uh, generator itself, like there's some sort of really weird rule about that. That's like making so only the rich can, you know, even pay to have their yeah. own generator.
2: So I don't know. I I'd have to research it. I don't know the exact legislation or what the exact rules are. But I do know PG&E, who is the company that has created this mess, um, they were leasing generators out during the blackouts and they made them so cost prohibitive that only rich people could rent them. Um, and I, I did see driving around that there were quite a few, you know, houses in well to do areas that, uh, you know, had temporary generators out in front of them during the power outages. Mm. Didn't see that in the poorer neighborhoods. Um, so yeah, it's just, we don't have a lot of generators in California cause California is, it doesn't really, you know, it only really snows in the mountains. So uh you know typically um, as long as they're not shutting the power off at the source like you have power out here the weather doesn't get that extreme so Mm.
4: it's it's the hippies it's the hippies (laughs) they 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 went and stuck it to they went and stuck it to you guys like we don't need power we'll just live off the candles (laughs) man they probably have some
1: sort of those
2: people are making those are the only ones who are doing all right right now because i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know everyone else is sitting around without power sometimes so uh it's it's absolutely bizarre and it they said it's probably going to take 10 15 years until they're not going to have to do this anymore oh my god Uh, yeah so this is the new normal for northern california now
0: i was actually talking to or overheard somebody in seattle I was talking to somebody about california and she was from sacramento and she said that their biggest problem i've heard many times is the homeless problem in california and i assume a lot of that because homelessness from what i understand is also a mental health problem a lot of people there have mental you know issues become homeless quickly and easily but it also sounds like from what i've seen like just the price to live in california like to buy a home to buy it just rent an apartment is absolutely insane
2: oh it is um the cost of living is uh, just completely nuts and the problem is you know we had a major wealth transfer in 2008 so a lot of people lost their homes and a lot of people lost their rental properties and uh you know a lot of those properties have shifted to being owned by banks Um, You know, a lot of those properties are still technically in foreclosure and possibly even just sitting empty. Um, There's the also you've got other factors like foreign buyers. Um, So, for example, if you're a wealthy, you know, in the top one percent in China and you want to launder some money or tuck some money away in the United States, you buy you could buy an entire block in Palo Alto and you don't even need to rent the units out and they will increase in value and you'll get a return on your investment. So they've actually figured out that it's cheaper to not rent out the homes and still get an ROI because there's actually liabilities if you rent the apartments out or the homes out. So there's entire neighborhoods in some of the really wealthy areas that are just (laughs) sitting empty, um, where, and they're just being bought in cash by foreign investors. Mm. Um, so, You've got that scenario. You've also got this other weird phenomenon of the micro apartments. Um, Oh, I've heard about those. Yeah, they're building these micro apartment complexes all over the state. I mean, I was driving through uh, Santa Cruz and even in Santa Cruz, like, you know, probably one of the, you know, more hippie areas of the whole state of California uh, you know, most of the downtown area has been completely redeveloped and is filled with micro apartments. So little tiny apartments that are like six, seven hundred square feet, and they're renting them out for you know for two, three thousand dollars for a one bedroom apartment. Um, and it's just it's, it's just <laughs> stupid. Um, they built them down in Orange County. They've built them all the way up along the coast. Um, They're building them in San Francisco. They're building them in other neighborhoods in the Bay area now. Um, So a lot of those buildings are also owned by foreign investors. Um, A lot of it's the Chinese. Some of it's the Saudis. Some of it's, uh, you know, other, uh, you know, other money from other oligarchs or whoever. Um, And they're building and buying, you know, and then they try to they try to rent these out as like luxury apartments and stuff. And it's just nuts. Um, and that is making the housing crisis and the homeless situation worse because if you live in a neighborhood where they just built a bunch of micro apartments and now you know they've got a bunch of availability and they're not renting them for anything less than $3,000 dollars for a one bedroom you know apartment, well, if you've got a three bedroom house down the street that's maybe 30 years old, well, what do you rent it for if the one bedroom's going for 3K? you're gonna say, think that oh the market's dictating that that you know three bedroom house is worth you know four five six thousand dollars. So it's creating this like weird it's like it's not quite inflation but it's inflation um and it's creating this kind of like weird dichotomy where it's creating this concept that there's this supply and demand scenario that's happening but it's totally artificial. <laughs> Because they built all these micro apartments that, you know, a lot of people aren't affording, can't afford to live in. And then there's the people who do move into these, you know, units and they do live in these apartments. And then they think this is totally normal to pay $3,000 a month for a one bedroom apartment. So it's created a really kind of a screwed up environment. And then you factor in, you know, the mental health issues, you factor in. Uh, you know, all the legislation that's passed that's supposedly supposed to take care of these people. But I, I I don't see it. I see the homeless situation getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, on one level, like I was not intending to move out of San Francisco. That was not my plan. I was basically forced out. Um, But Mm. since I've been out, I'm kind of like looking back going, hey, like, it's kind of nice to be in a neighborhood where like people aren't literally taking a shit on the street and like, I'm not having to fear for, I mean, there's literally neighborhoods in San Francisco where I wouldn't let my dog walk on the street. Cause I was afraid he was going to walk into human feces.
0: How much poop is there in San Francisco?
2: A lot.
0: Like, is, I mean, is it on every street?
2: Doing... No. Um, but there are entire, there's areas where it is. Uh, there are areas of the city where it's almost on every street Wow. Um, and if and if they're not and if they're not pooping, they're peeing um, So you there's entire neighborhoods where it just smells like urine constantly Especially yeah, some, when it hasn't rained.
4: Why are they using the street? Some of it's, yeah, some of it's the Golden State
2: Warriors, man. They're terrible this year. <laughs> well, like, well, Honestly, like why are
1: people like using the street? Do they not have any public restrooms over there?
2: Uh, so most restaurants, most hotels, most like establishments will not let the, the homeless use the bathroom. Mm. Um, they have built, uh, some, like some outdoor bathrooms, but I mean, it goes through the state and the cities and all that stuff. So, you know, a tiny, like three stall bathroom costs like over a million dollars to build in the city of San Francisco, like the, the amount of money that gets to do something as simple as building a tiny bathroom, like, is insane. So the permits, the all the legislation, all the all the you know all the crap that you have to spend money on to actually get something like that built, it ends up costing a million dollars to build a single toilet. It's ridiculous.
0: And then you gotta build a so, transgender bathroom next to it too in California. Well, I I, <laughs> I,
4: I kind of remember. I, I kind of remember when when the, uh when the Niners built their stadium out in San Jose, and it yeah Santa up- Clara, right. And so, so we, You, you remember when, uh, you remember when the Cowboys stadium was built? It was it went for one, like one point six billion, and it was like it was in Arlington, Texas, and had all the bells and whistles, had the largest the,
0: the big screen, the yeah. largest
4: largest LED screen and a Guinness Book of World Records. And, like, all this, all the bells and whistles. And then you see San Francisco Stadium. They cost 1.3. And it's, like, pretty basic. Like it's, it's yeah. like, a basic stadium.
2: It's pretty uh, basic. Uh, people fry during, like, uh, September and the August preseason games. Like, it gets in the 80s. So, like, half the stadium's in the sun. And they didn't cover it. I have no idea yeah. why. And um, then you said...
4: Did you see the uh, you see the mess going on with Los Angeles that the, Los Angeles is trying to build a stadium? It was originally supposed to be three and a half billion dollars. And because, you know, it's California, the construction costs end up ended up going to like five billion. And now it's still going even further. They're saying it could, it's very, it's possible that it could hit 10 billion by the time it's all said and done.
2: And it's delayed. That's, it's not even done.
4: Yeah. I mean, it, it's nuts. It's nuts. That's, that's California for you.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, and the funny thing is the, uh, for, I was just reading that the, you know, the the main team in Los Angeles is the Raiders. Like that's the, the actual fans that live in LA, their team is the Raiders and they don't care about the Rams yeah. and they don't care about the Chargers. Wow. Um, wow. And then they're moving the Raiders to Las Vegas vegas i think they're getting their stadium done it's I, I think it's on schedule or it might be like a year delayed actually but i think they'll they'll prop vegas will have its stadium for the raiders probably before la gets their stadium oh, and la yeah. stadium has been being built for several years longer <laughs> yeah. um, so Jesus. and the vegas one may end up being similar or even nicer so probably. just well, the difference I mean... of one state over
4: the proposals looked great, like the the initial proposals for the stadium looked spectacular. But like, but and the problem is the problem with building a stadium in California too is if your team blows, people just aren't going to show up. People Correct. are going they're they're just going to sit on their they're going to sit on their PSL or sell or sell their t- tickets to that way, and then just go to Great America uh, theme park or go to the beach or go somewhere else because it's California. There's lots of stuff to do. Well, not right when now. The Niners,
2: but, yeah, when yeah. the Niners played the Rams, it was basically a 49er home game. Yeah. Yeah. All Because everyone from Bay Area has got cash, so they just flew down yeah. to L.A. for the weekend, and they bought up all the seats, we, and there's not a lot of L.A. Rams fans. So – uh, yeah, it's it, they've had that issue where it, for the Chargers, it's been an issue this year and it's been an issue for the Rams where their home games are feeling more like away games.
4: Yeah. um, And, and, and this, so this is like it's like just it's translatable in the sense of like,
2: uh, well, it's it, the it, macro, it's a, you know, yeah, it's like a giant freaking stadium like you can see it happening on the biggest level you know, the biggest, one of the biggest sports in the world, like it's happening at such a macro level. You can only imagine the shit show that's happening at the micro level. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's... it's bad. It's really bad. The whole state is kind of screwed.
4: Yeah. And, and already you could tell that the owners, feel the Rams owners feeling it too. Uh, Cause they, they recent in the, uh, the last owners meeting that they had, they, um, the, the the Rams owner like he, he tried to put a push a proposal where he would he was trying to get a loan from the players association and like mm-hmm. and, the, the, and they would get 49% of the revenue from the stadium and of course obviously the players union was like hell no <laughs> 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 obviously like look like, like you're not going to sit like as a player like if you're a member of the players' union, you're you're the average player is only going to be around for four or five years, something like that. If not, that. see it. You're not going to see uh, the, the the fruits of all of that. Like no, yeah, it's terrible. But like you could tell he's reeling. Like if he, if he's if he's trying to pull out a a, a proposal like that, you could tell he's reeling, and you know that the city of Los Angeles is breathing down his neck too.
2: Probably.
0: Yeah. One thing I was gonna ask, um, <clears throat> I will say this is technically off air right now, but we're gonna cut this up and then we should uh, just put air. it air.
4: We should just put it on the air, like just edit, edit. That, it that's
0: what I'm put gonna put do. Whatever yeah, you want to do. Yeah, this is great. Like cause I, didn't, I didn't expect to start talking about how shitty California is, but and it's bound to come <laughs> up, you know. So I, one thing I do want to ask, because I'm always, you know, try to get like both sides things or see if there's any positive here. Is there anything that California does do really well or better than anyone else?
2: Um, I mean, you still have Hollywood, obviously. You still have the tech industry, obviously. I mean, those two industries are doing well, but they're doing well for all the wrong reasons. Mm. So, you know, you've got Hollywood, which is, you know, basically the propaganda, you know, deep state arm or whatever the hell you want to call it these days. I mean, I can't even watch most of the stuff that Hollywood produces now because it's so filled with social justice bullshit. I mean, they pretty much ruined star Wars and pretty much anything else that I, you know, liked as a child. It's all been corrupted by now. So, I mean, but they're still doing okay. I mean, they're, they're still despite piracy and everything else. Like, you know, (laughs) Disney's doing all right. Um, Disney isn't going to go anywhere um silicon valley i mean data is worth more than oil now so you know they're uh you know they're selling everyone's data and they've got the whole world under surveillance and uh you know despite the fact that uh you know they don't get along with the current administration in the white house they're still pretty much running the entire internet so you know everybody who's using a smartphone on a daily basis is under constant surveillance and We're getting ads pushed at us and our privacy eroded and all that good stuff. So, I mean, on one hand, you know, they're making a ton of money from all of that. They're making a killing. So, you know, there's definitely you could definitely argue from a profit standpoint, like they're doing well. But again, it's kind of for the wrong reasons. I mean, geographically, the area is still beautiful. Um, You know, the problem is just the corruption, the politics and you know, the people. I mean, a lot of areas just aren't built for the population that lives here now. Um, So, you know, that's what causes a lot of the problems is you've got roads that weren't designed for the amount of people that are traveling on those roads. You've got traffic, you've got areas being developed that probably shouldn't have been developed the way that they were developed. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got, you know, older, wealthier areas that are still beautiful, but they're basically gated communities. Um, in some cases they're literally gated in other cases, you know, they're, they're so expensive that, you know, nobody even dares to go into those areas or they're completely priced out the average person. So, you know, there's still beauty here. There's still natural beauty. I mean, that's one thing that the state definitely still has. I mean, you've got the beaches, you know, you've got the mountains still, you still have the natural beauty and resources that are here. Yeah. Um, but Unfortunately, it's the people in the politics that have kind of corrupted it all.
0: That's kind of how Adam Crow, I remember, described it, is like California is kind of like a supermodel. It's beautiful and pretty on the outside, but on the inside, oh, it's not so pretty. You yeah, know, there's a lot it's of problems.
4: It's got self-esteem issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah, got major... Hey, I, I, wanted, I wanted to ask a question, because not, you're, you're in California, and you, you're kind of seeing a lot of this. And, we did, and since we did talk about how, like, in, in the real estate industry, they have a lot of Chinese investment and a lot of Saudi investment. Like with, with the, um, with Holly, both actually both with Hollywood and with Silicon Valley, it, it, is it hitting there too? I note it. Cause I noticed in Hollywood, like there's a lot of Chinese production companies. In
3: Hollywood oh yeah. Like
4: yeah. that are, that are pushing Hollywood and even Disney. Disney's got a lot of Chinese influence too yeah and, uh, yeah and then and then with um some of these uh social media companies or like some of these tech companies they're they're getting a lot of saudi and chinese investment too so you think and you know a lot of that is not friendly for america but right. like so like how do you how do you fight that like how do you fight that because there's there's you nobody like basically, they've turned it to where if you want to be famous at all, which most people, a lot of people do in this country, like uh, um, you're pretty much going to have to tiptoe along that, you know, Chinese,
2: yeah, uh, the Chinese Saudi... censorship laws. Yeah, their... the ridiculous.
4: Yeah. And, and I like, mean,
2: if you want to know who's pushing socialism and communism in the United States of America, look to China. Uh, They own all of our Fortune 500 companies. They own most of our real estate. They're buying up all our farms. They're buying out all of our cities. They bought our debt in the 2008 market crash. So they're now looking. It's been almost, it's just past, you know, 10 years now. So they're looking for a return on their investment. They bought all the debt. They bought all the foreclosed properties. They bought all the land. And now they're sitting back going, where's my ROI? Um, And... A lot of what we're seeing right now is a result of that. At the same time, you have Trump and his trade wars with China, and he's kind of stood up to them. So there's actually been a pulling out of new Chinese investment. So what we're seeing today is the side effect of the investments that were made over the last 10 years. So what we're witnessing, what we're experiencing now is not necessarily some new phenomenon. It's the phenomenon of what's happened over the last 10 years. And we're just seeing, you know, the result of those investments that some of them happened five years ago, some of them happened seven years ago. So we're now seeing the after effects of kind of those older investments. But I think from a newer investment standpoint, the Chinese have actually pulled back and the Chinese are actually possibly on their verge of their own financial crisis. And they're starting to have issues. So I think there were two major Chinese firms that were not able to pay. of their debts recently or something like that um uh, big banks in china and china is having they're they're having side effects of this kind of currency war and the currency manipulation that they were doing um and now they're kind of having to pay the price for that so it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen moving forward because I think we're actually gonna see a lot of the Chinese investors sell their interest in the United States and pull their money out of the United States, especially if Trump ends up getting reelected. And it'll be good and bad. It's gonna be a good thing because it'll force Americans to become more self-sufficient and not rely on China again. In the short term, it's gonna be detrimental to some some industries and some areas and some, you know, uh, because, all of a sudden, all the cash that was flowing through those areas through, you know, all this foreign investment is going to dry up. So, you know, you're going to see those Hollywood Chinese studios possibly shut down. You're going to see some of these tech companies not be able to raise that next round of capital. Um, and you're going to see that you're going to see that disappear from the market. And that's going to have a really negative impact in the short term, in the long term it's going to force us into the reality that hey maybe globalism wasn't so great after all and we need to go back to being self-sufficient and that would probably benefit the country and the average american but a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money really fast sooner in the short term so there's kind of there's pros and cons to you know what could happen and what's going to happen next and you know at the same time like you look at what China is doing right now with Hong Kong. Um, you look at what they're doing with technology. Uh, when it comes, I might be mispronouncing. It, it's the Uyghurs. Um, it's a Muslim population in China that they basically have in internment camps right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's basically a genocide happening, and they're using artificial intelligence to use, and they're using facial recognition technology to identify people that have these physical traits, and then they're arresting them and putting them in internment camps. Like that's happening right now in China. You've got the Chinese military showing up in Hong Kong, you know, wearing police uniforms and pretending they're the police and, you know, killing and beating protesters and doing all kinds of stuff. So, you know, you've got, uh, you know, you've got, you you have China's in this really like provocative place right now in the world where you know, there there's kind of a stage right now of what's happening in Hong Kong and we're seeing, you know, what China's what lengths they're willing to go through uh, and, you know, to kind of get their way. And then you've seen, obviously, like with the NBA scandal and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, that happened with China and NBA players, apolog- you know, apologizing to China and. You know all that kind of craziness. South Park did some hilarious episodes on this whole thing. Yeah,
4: I was gonna I was gonna ask about that. I was gonna ask if you saw that South Park. That was oh fun. yeah, that was that they was they covered it
2: well. I mean, this is a real problem in the United States right now, where the CEOs of major corporations, the CEOs and executives in our sports leagues, are more afraid of the Chinese president than the president of the United States that's reality that's 2019 like that is something that is happening right now and it's because of china's investment in the united states um like i said over the last 10 11 years they bought up all our infrastructure so we're seeing the side effect of that and you know it's not that dissimilar to what the united states did to russia and the soviet union in the 70s and 80s i mean Our main weapon of war during the Cold War ended up, the thing that actually ended up being that worked was economics. Um, So, you know, now you're kind of seeing an economic war. Well, not kind of. We are seeing an economic war between China and the United States. And right now, the United States is on the losing end of that war.
0: I think it's good that you mentioned that, too, because I've seen some people on the so-called Groyper side of the right, You know, they keep talking about how there's all this Israeli influence on America. We need to be worrying about that. Why, as a group that supposedly claims that they're, you know, super America first, they don't seem to be that worried about China's influence. I could be wrong, but I think China's our biggest quote unquote enemy, and they're our biggest um, negative influencer on the country by far. And it took Trump to actually get people to care about this a lot more
2: yeah i mean so there's there's a couple things there so there's i mean the way i see it is there's what's happening on the east coast versus what's happening on the west coast so on the east coast and a lot of the old money families and new york and dc and you know probably most parts of florida and uh you know you're you are not seeing the chinese influence there yeah um the the east coast is still america um the West Coast is slowly becoming, I don't know, new China. Um, so you've basically got to divide at the Mississippi. Uh, and basically everything to the west of the Mississippi is becoming California. And everything east is just becoming the east coast. So, you know, the east coast, I don't think, sees China as much of a threat because they aren't seeing this. It's not... You're not seeing that in New York in the financial sector in you know in Wall Street as much. I mean, they know China's in there playing the game, but they're not seeing them as a major influencer. China does own a lot of major Fortune 500 companies and does have influence there, but for most people in Wall Street, that you know they're just playing the game just like everyone else is. So mm-hmm. the problem is with the West Coast, Hollywood, and Silicon Valley are significant portions of it are owned by the Chinese to the point where, and we rely on the Chinese for manufacturing for, especially for the tech industry. I mean, anybody who's carrying an iPhone or an Android phone, it was made in China. Um, So a lot of our processors, a lot of our, a lot of our technology is made there. So um, you know, an iPhone made in the United States without Chinese slaves, I don't know how else to call it, um, you know, would probably cost three or four K yeah. um, for the top of the end line model. If that was made by people who were being paid a fair wage and weren't being mistreated. um, So, you know, that's the reality. And, you know, back in the day, in the early 90s and the 80s, computers were super expensive. Like if you wanted to buy a crappy computer, it was three thousand dollars in the early 90s because they were made in the US. Um, So, you know, you're. You know, we we almost have to like go backwards a little bit if you want to reduce our reliance on China. uh, And so much money and so much profit has been made because China has been able to efficiently, you know, bring so many products to the market essentially at a loss for anyone else. And so that's completely changed the economic global landscape to the point where you know you basically can't even buy basic things anymore in the United States that because there's no manufacturing capacity here. Um, So, I mean, just even if you're building a home or you're trying to repair a home, trying to fix a a home that was built, you know, in the United States that 30 years ago, all the suppliers, all the parts you would have bought from an American supplier 30 years ago. And all of those companies have either been bought or consolidated or gone out of business. So now if you're trying to fix a 30 year old home today, you're having to buy replacement parts from China instead of American companies. So, and if you're building a new home, then you base your only option is to buy stuff from China uh, if you want certain things. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, that's just kind of the reality of what's happened because of, uh, you know, the kind of disposable nature of the goods that we get from China. Uh, And it, i mean and a lot of people just like ignore the fact that this was all on the backs of slaves this is modern day slavery yeah um and you know everybody wants to talk about reparations and social justice in the united states but they have no problem putting on a pair of nikes
3: Mm. and it just
2: baffles my mind because you know everyone's walking around with iphones and nikes and you know clothes made in sweatshops by slaves And we're talking about something that happened in the United States like 100 years ago. Um, So, you know, we've at least in the United States, we've moved away from that to some extent. I mean, obviously wage slavery and, you know, there's still systematic oppression that's basically happening to everyone. But, um, you know, it's it's on a different level than what's happening in China. I mean, in China, it's just straight up old school, traditional slavery. And that's who's making our iPhones and, you know. Uh, all our Nikes and all our shoes and all that kind of stuff. So that the, you know, that ability to produce goods where if you produce them ethically anywhere else in the world, uh, you know, they would have a totally different value. That's completely changed how the economy works. So kind of going back to that East to West coast paradigm, you know, the West coast has basically kind of sold itself out to this um, because They needed a a source of investment to get through, you know, the uh, to get through the market crash and what happened in 2008. Um, We are still suffering from the effects of that. And I don't think the average person really understood what happened in 2008. Mm. uh, And that, you know, basically we got bought and sold like slaves ourselves from one group of owners to another. And the West Coast happened to get bought by the Chinese. That's kind of the reality of it. Um, So the East Coast is still owned by a different group of investors. Uh, You know, you still have old money, you still have traditional money. You still have money from London, from England. Uh, You still have European money in the East Coast. Um, You still have, you know, the old money wealth families that have gone back hundreds of years and generations. They still have power on the East Coast. Um, so, but they've lost territory on the West coast and China has become that new dominant, uh, economic powerhouse.
4: Well, the left is like from a political standpoint, the left is sold out like really who they are too. You look at yes. like, the like, like free, let's take free speech. For example, in the nineties, free speech was a liberal thing that that was a liberal pillar. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and now they're they're embracing the silencing of other people. They're embracing the invasion of privacy. And this, these are things that that the left used to like cradle themselves around. And they've sold all of that out. Like they've sold everything that they stand for. Really, like like they're they're in the Chinese pocket too. You look how oh, yeah. look how many. Look how much foreign investment. Look how much foreign investment is going illegally going into the political spheres too. Like all these. So so yeah, you look at the Clinton Foundation. You look at how like corrupt that is. Like that's like it's just a, how they illegally channel money. Like because you can't, you can't uh, directly give more than a certain amount. But what they but what the Clintons did was they they. They brought up the Clinton Foundation, and through that, they got foreign investments, and then the foundation, in turn, donated to you know political the
2: campaigns people. and yeah. yeah the I campaigns,
4: mean, yeah, it's it's, it's dirty. When like, you oh, have Vegas billionaires,
2: dirty. you know, like Soros and Epstein, and you know, you've got Bill Gates that also. You know, they run their own foundations and they run you know, their own grassroots organizations and all these things. Uh-huh. I shouldn't even say grassroots, they're not <laughs> grassroots. They're literally they're 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 group run by billionaires.
4: Dude, uh, Tom Stare is one of those guys too, right? Tom Stare has uh, like he's
2: next like what the next, next gen. gen
0: guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: We... He's the guy who runs gen.
2: So that's the problem is there's there's all these, you know, billionaires essentially that uh, also have way too much power and influence. I mean, there's no logical reason why there really is no logical reason why billionaires should be allowed to exist, like within the economic system that we have today. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to have more money than you could ever spend in a lifetime. Um, It's just another flaw of our economy and the economic system. Like, obviously, if you're able to make a lot of money, like You should be able to keep that wealth to some degree like I obviously believe in that there is that libertarian part of me. But on the other end of the spectrum, there's also this like this, you know, there's I I definitely don't understand the money hoarding that we see with corporations and with billionaires, because what happens is they're not really billionaires all of that money is locked up in investments and it's all just numbers on a computer screen mm. and they don't have liquidity. So they can't actually go pool, you know, half a billion dollars out of a bank account and go invest it in their local community. Like it's, that's not how it works. So, you know, we talk about these people having billions of dollars, but in reality, they just own assets that are supposedly worth billions of dollars. Um, uh, but it's all based on an imaginary system. So it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, we allowed these kind of like kings to exist within the system. And I don't really know why we need this many kings. And at the same time, like, why do 15 billionaires own all the media companies in the entire world? Yeah. Like, what's the deal with that? Like 15 people get to decide what the entire planet gets to consume for media and information. Like, that doesn't make sense. And I think it's so, also
0: interesting how Twitter claims that they're fighting this billionaire influence by banning political ads on their platform. They said this about a month ago, but I personally think it's a rather uh, a odd coincidence that they do this after the Trump campaign announces how much money they've raised more than anybody else and just like you know crushing their competition. I'm afraid that the you know now you're seeing somebody like twitter this one tech platform can shift an election by just doing one simple thing like banning political ads
2: yeah oh i mean then you got facebook who i mean arguably facebook and cambridge analytica got trump helped get trump elected Mm -hmm. um i i don't know if it was the deciding thing but I mean, based off of everything I've analyzed, I, I, it was definitely a factor in him winning the election because he was able to target swing states. Yeah. So Facebook, if Facebook didn't exist, Donald Trump may not be president, right? So Facebook had no problem taking Trump's money uh, during the the last election and it had no problem helping him get elected. It was only after the effect where they went, oops, um, but... That was just based on their own political leanings, their own greed, you know, essentially was, hey, let's take his money. This guy can't win. And their tools were so effective. They helped him win. Um, So it's it's just this like weird thing, because, you know, you know, no one at Facebook probably supported Trump. So but they had no problem giving him the tools to win. Yeah. So Twitter's basically throwing their hands up and saying, we're not going to play this game. But at the same time, by not playing the game at all, uh, you know, Twitter's basically also, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a bizarre situation for Twitter because they know they can't police it. And that's probably the main reason why they did this. Um, but it also creates a situation where now new political candidates cannot use Twitter as a vehicle to gain power or influence. Mm. So they basically shot themselves in the foot because they, their Twitter is now irrelevant when it comes to political campaigning. Um, And, you know, by making that stand, like maybe that'll be good for their platform going forward. I don't know. I can't answer that question, but uh, to me, it seems like they shot themselves in the foot. Um, What would have made sense was to make clear guidelines of what can and can't be run during campaigns and actually spend the money and resources to make sure that that happened. Um, You know, if millions upon millions of dollars, you know, is going to be run through these campaigns, take a hit on the profit, adjust your margins and hire people to solve the problem.
4: Well, Well, I think there's a lot more. I think there's a lot more foreign um, influence. I too. think there's a yeah. lot more foreign influence on face with Facebook and YouTube and all those guys now than there was in 2016. Like they're basic, they're basically you know suiting themselves up for a different set of rich people. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, real quick, because um, I because I know you're really big on the social media like you you've got your thumb on the social media imprint here um so we all know that on december 10th was like the magic day on youtube now uh, like where you it's know judgment they're, day they're changing their, they're changing their
2: their rules to yeah. they're changing they can, their business model
4: yeah they're changing pretty much change your business model they, can, they have the power to nix you if you're not commercially viable um <laughs> What is it? What what is what do you think this means? Like, as, and especially for like smaller people. I mean, I, I I think they're trying to crap on the small creator anyway. But like, what do you, what do you what's your take on all of this? I mean,
2: basically, there's a, you know since I've been around and I've been watching this like weird obsession. You know, I've lived in both Northern California and Southern California. And Southern California and Hollywood is obsessed with the tech industry and they always want to outdo the tech industry. And the tech industry is always obsessed with what Hollywood's doing and wants to always outdo Hollywood. So there's always this like grass is greener on the other side, you know, situation that's played out between Hollywood and Silicon Valley. And basically YouTube wants to be Hollywood. They don't want to be, Silicon Valley anymore. They've made that really clear with investing in producing their own TV shows. They've made that really clear with how they've adjusted their algorithms to prevent uh you know content creators from getting their content out and stop recommending it and you know literally decided oh someone like Tim Pool for example is too popular. We're just going to turn his recommendations off. Um they don't want people becoming too powerful becoming celebrities on YouTube anymore which is so ironic because that was literally the point of YouTube. Well, the initial point of YouTube is it was actually a dating website. Um, No one probably remembers that, but uh, it was supposed to be like a video dating site and that was its original intention. Its second intention was to then be a content creating site that was supposed to be the anti-Hollywood. So it was originally designed and intended for having conversations with people in a video format. Uh, And that was the original intention of YouTube And that's the reason for the name YouTube. Um, So it was always intended to be this, you know, this empowering self empowering platform to enable people to be able to, uh, you know, essentially communicate with each other, you know, build a following and achieve all of that. Now they're changing their business model to become Netflix. And that's basically what it is Their YouTube is the next Netflix. Um, if you've seen what's happened with all these content creators, you know you've got Disney Plus now, you have HBO now, you've got you know all these streaming apps and all these streaming services. It's all about the reoccurring revenue because people are turning off their cable subscriptions and people are not subscribing to cable anymore. So all the subsidies, all the money that they used to get from those cable subscriptions, these content producers and creators aren't getting anymore. So they're all creating their own streaming apps and their own streaming services, and they're all trying to compete. So you've got Hulu, you've got Apple Plus now, you've got Disney Plus, um, you've got all these streaming services out there. And YouTube is saying, hey, wait a second, you know, we have the biggest, you know, video website on the Internet. So why does, you know, Netflix get to be worth all this money and generate all this profit? And we don't Um, because you know they're basically it's basically a di- it was a, always a different business model so now youtube is saying you know as of december 10th like the business model is netflix period that's they're they're just basically just shifting youtube to be the next netflix they're going to start producing their own content and their own exclusive shows they're going to push their subscription service to generate that recurring revenue it's mm. all about the money um i mean and it's all about this fascination that silicon valley has with hollywood uh it's kind of this weird obsession that these tech executives have and you see it happening with apple as well apple's rolled out their own streaming service and you know they've got they've set up studios and they're working with content creators in hollywood they're moving more and more of their team down to hollywood they're setting up shop there um they've realized that you know moving forward they can't keep you know getting everyone to buy iphones and that they need to figure out how to sell them content for the devices they already own so you know if they can get another five dollars a month out of everyone's pocket you know there's potentially billions of dollars to be made there so you know there's going to be kind of this war between all these major tech companies and all these content creation companies to kind of see what's going to happen next and youtube's basically drawn a line in the sand and said We are the dominant video, you know, platform, and we're shifting to the Hollywood model. Uh, And they're just going to end the, uh, you know, the entire principles and ideology and concepts that the original YouTube was created on.
0: And that's the thing that gets me is that they're literally killing their own brand here by doing this. They were all about the small content creator that could, you know, make a video in their room, a music video, make it big one day, or... Have a you know just a, a playground for you to do whatever you want an open sandbox and now it's getting more structured it's only you know they only treat people that are super successful and advertiser advertiser friendly with any kindness and I mean wh- where are people gonna go now if they wanna you know make their own content you know they're gonna be more you know um, demoralized and unmotivated to do it on YouTube if they push this you know even further and too far.
2: Correct. So what they're doing is they're pushing in particularly, you know, the younger generation and Gen Z, they're not giving them a chance. They're they're basically building walls and barriers, preventing them from reaching success and Internet fame uh, that the previous generations got to enjoy. I mean, this all started with Gen X, actually. Um, it was actually Gen X who built the original YouTubes and the original sites and laid the foundation for all this stuff. It was, uh, and then it, the millennials kind of came along, amplified it, and to some degree, you know, lowered the uh, common denominator. And then, you know, then you, it. But that was the millennial generation really latched onto these technologies and really took it to that next level. And that's when we saw, you know, massive followings of millions of users and that kind of thing. But I don't think when they created YouTube, or at least. When it was created by these, you know, this older generation originally, when they created it, they didn't really think about like, hey, like, what happens when, you know, this guy's got 50 million followers, and he's able to dictate policy in the United States of America, um, because all of a sudden he gets political about a certain topic, and he's got 50 million people he can reach. So the powers that be in the elite or whatever the hell you want to call them, um, you know, they kind of didn't realize how powerful that was going to be and that they were going to lose control of the ability to set narrative. Um, They thought that, you know, their propaganda networks, their news networks were always going to be the dominant source of information. And they didn't really care about YouTube and they saw it as a joke. They said, this will never take off. This will never be anything. I mean, they kind of even wrote off the internet initially. Um, People when Netflix was first created was like, Oh, this will never work. Um, I remember the, the early days when Netflix first came out and, you know, everyone in in Hollywood was like, this will never work. This can't be the solution. Now Netflix is the king of the castle and everyone wants to get their content on Netflix and Netflix owns everything. So, um, and now you've got Disney trying to get into the game and Apple trying to get into the game and now Google trying to get into the game with YouTube. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just this kind of cycle of consolidation really that happens in the tech industry that, you know, pick an industry and like watch as, you know, everything will kind of consolidate. And then at some point someone will come along like the CEO of YouTube and will completely screw everything up and reverse the business model and, you know, shift or pivot to something new. And then everyone leaves. I mean, We've had other social media platforms before, like MySpace, for example, uh, that no one uses anymore. Um, there was a really popular news aggregator called Dig before everyone used Reddit. I remember um, Dig. You know, there were there were other uh, you know chat applications. We're recording this on Discord right now. Like, uh, there were dozens and dozens of other applications that did exactly what this one does, but now this one's popular for some reason. With the next generation and all the old software is no longer popular. Um, so there's always, so there's always kind of this like temporary nature for all of these applications and all of these online communities. And you know, we're seeing that we saw the internet grow so rapidly because of the advent of the smartphone and getting so many people onto all of these services uh, so quickly that you know the it kind of delayed the cycle. Um, where it used to happen a, a little bit faster, now it's happening slower because these platforms got so big. But I think the majority of people on YouTube are just gonna leave. The the content creators are gonna have to go find a new place. Um, they're gonna have to go find another place on the internet, and they're gonna have to find new business models, and they're gonna have to find another way to gain a following. Um, it's just a matter of time before someone creates the next social network, and everyone. You know, in the younger generation says that's what I'm going to gravitate towards, um, you know, and get away from the platforms their parents are using. Uh, And there's always that generational rebellion uh, that also happens that, you know, also kind of helps dictate these, uh, you know, this ebb and flow of how these things work, uh, you know. The next generation doesn't want to listen to the same music that their parents listen to. Um, they don't want to watch the same movies. They don't want to participate in the same social networks. So, someone somewhere is going to create the next big thing and everyone will go focus on that. The problem is sometimes that next big thing is something like TikTok that is owned by the Chinese. Uh, it's mostly Chinese investors that own that company. And like they just got caught recently. They were. They figured out that to get rid of hate speech on their platform, you had to ban all the people that people would make fun of. Mm. So they started banning gays. They started banning uh, you know, people with disabilities. They started banning people who were overweight. <laughs> oh my uh, God. And they figured out that if you ban the people that are the most likely to get made fun of or you know, that are going to have people who are going to hate them for whatever reason, if you get rid of those marginalized groups, then there's nothing for people to get angry at. So, you know, a lot of these <laughs> one platforms, way to deal Facebook it. and Twitter, they've taken the opposite approach. Well, we're going to ban the masses because they made fun of a marginalized group. Well, TikTok said, that doesn't make sense. We want these users. The users we don't want are the ones that are, you know, that are causing the problem for us. So, you know, they made the, you know, arguably unethical decision to ban the marginalized groups. But at the same time, that was the logical decision because they didn't want to ban their users. So we're now in these weird kind of dichotomies where you've, you know, we've entered a new age of censorship where now the people being censored, uh, you know, are the ones that, you know, supposedly all these rules were created for to protect. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing this like reversal of what it was. We were originally told it was supposed to be. So, I mean, you can basically ban everybody off of your platform that would you know make fun of someone who's overweight or you can ban the one overweight person and keep all your users uh and that's literally what we're seeing now is these tech companies make decisions like that uh and i don't know it it, you know there's no winning it's not good either way um and unfortunately you know we're just going to continue to see this trend of you know the major corporations come in and try to conglomerize and own everything in the space and they're trying to regain control of the narrative again uh, because they're losing. the old guard, the old powers that be, the people who have been in control of this country and this planet for you know, possibly hundreds of years, um, you know, they're losing power because of the internet. And so they're doing everything they can right now through the major corporations, through investing in these companies, through putting CEOs in positions of power to change the business models of major platforms like this, are doing everything they can to get their power back, Uh, and they're going to spend billions of dollars to do it, and they don't care about content creators. They don't care if thousands or millions of people lose their ability to make an income. They don't care. Uh, All they care about is can they control the masses. And if YouTube wants that money and they want that Hollywood prestige, they're going to have to basically cut everyone off and become the next Netflix. And that's what they're doing.
1: Well, don't you kind of find that like ironic that, you know, TikTok, the Chinese owned media conglomerate, that's like you know it censors less than the american like twitter and facebook like isn't that kind of funny when you think about it that way like you know the left or the you know the west that's supposed to be you know we're free speech we have this sort of liberal tradition of you know we you know disagree with stuff but we still allow it TikTok and like just in general the chinese they censor you know their their media is probably less biased than ours and that's saying You know, like, I mean, they have their problems, definitely. You know, the Chinese Communist Party, they're they're definitely up over there. But like, you know, they're more free in some ways than we are, you know,
2: some ways. I mean, you know, they they're their media is controlled. It's it's state media. So, um, you know, it's not owned by billionaires. That's the only well, okay, it is owned by billionaires, but it's a different kind of billionaire because it's a billionaire that's also connected to the state and the government um whereas the billionaires in the United States don't have to necessarily answer to their government um or in some cases they just straight up lie to their government like what all the major tech CEOs did uh when they all got called in front of congress so you know you you still but you still have ultimately a, a an authority who's in a position of power whether it's the state or a private billionaire um and it's, it's hard to say because in China, the one advantage is a, billion, a private billionaire cannot push an agenda unless they have the state's approval. So they do have an advantage from that degree. At the same time, though, it's still state-controlled media, which is even more controlled than what happens in the United States. At least in the United States, you and I can have this conversation right now. We put it on the Internet and you know it's kind of up to us to see if we can get a following. Whereas in China, you know, that could end you up in a black site and killed. Um, So, you know, there is a difference there, of course. Um, At the same time, you know, they've definitely done things in the United States now to make sure that no one listens to this. Um, So that, you know, it's an unfair game that's rigged, much like the political system. And, you know, they're doing everything they can to rig the Internet it's not working because it's just code and people will always find a way to get information out there. But, you know, at the same time, uh, I would argue that, you know, the United States is still more free. Uh, but that also has its own set of problems because there are so many people who are trying to influence, you know, the last remaining news channels and, you know, the, wherever they're able to get messaging out. And part of that is Hollywood. I mean, the movies we watch, and the television that programming that we watch is all designed to push political agendas. It's to create a disassociation from reality so that people start to see things and predictive programming, so that they start to see that in their real world, and then they start to be influenced to believe, oh, this is the way things need to be, because that's what I saw on some television show. So that does ha- that is happening. In the United States, that happens in China. But the difference is, you know, in the United States, it's a bunch of private billionaires pushing a variety of agendas versus in China. It's one state controlled entity who's controlling everything. And if you go against the state, you're screwed. Um, So there is that major point of difference. At the same time, you'll probably get slightly more honest information when it comes to certain things from a state controlled media that you might not get from a private media that we have in the United States. And that just simply has to do with the fact that they're willing to have a certain level of transparency. Whereas in the United States, we don't really have any obligation to have transparency anymore. So, uh, you know, ethics, when it comes to journalism and, you know, doing the right thing and not being biased. I mean, that's pretty much dead here now. Um, it, it It's a myth at this point. Um, so, that we ever well, even you- really had unbiased journalists. I mean, you could argue back in the day, maybe there was in the thirties, forties mm-hmm. and fifties, but you know, know, since the advent of television, <laughs> well, look all the it's way, a different world.
1: Look all the way back to the Spanish American war. Like the whole, I think was it Lusitania? That whole thing was faked. That that was a fake news. Yellow journalism was some piece that, that got us into a work. There was found out to be a boiler that actually blew up the ship. Like, like it has, the news really ever been truly unbiased you yeah, know probably not but real quick
2: like i said it's probably a myth it's probably always been biased
1: but yeah real quick i kind of want to go well, back well, to well, I, mean,
4: oh, sorry.
1: Go uh, I kind of want to go back to youtube about something real quick uh, as, as you probably know there's uh, they got youtube has been fined 170 million dollars for um, violating children's privacy laws um yeah with ads uh, targeting kids yeah and i've i saw this video i think it was um were some like gaming, gaming channels yeah uh, game theory yeah game theory I, I used to like them but you know they kind of gone to crap recently but anyways you know like the effects of this lawsuit, like, you know, the, that could actually affect YouTube in, in a lot of really scary ways. I don't know if you ever had to deal with this. I think all YouTube channels had to go and, like, sign something saying yeah. if it's for kids or not.
0: Yeah, like, when you upload yeah. a video now, you have to, there's, like, a big banner that comes up and, saying that their policies were changed, and now when you do upload something, you have to say if it's for kids or if it's for not.
1: And it's kind of funny, too, because, like, right before then, they were trying to go and make everything super, you know, safe and PC, but, like, now, like, I've heard, like, a lot of major YouTubers are considering, you know, just putting in a string of expletives at the beginning to make sure it won't be considered a kid's channel because, you know, like, this could have significant effects on monetization because targeted ads, from what I understand, that's, like, 90% of where your money comes from. You know, have, have you heard anything about this?
2: Yeah, so there's a, so unfortunately, the problem is, it, you know, what we're seeing on the surface level with the policy changes, and unfortunately, the reality of the situation are two very different things. So part of the main issue, and this has been an issue with internet platforms for a long time, uh, is is child pornography and human trafficking and all of these other things that are happening on these platforms yeah and youtube by far is probably the worst offender of this probably in the history of the internet um and google and youtube have never been able to solve this problem and it's been a problem since day one and they've literally banned other websites from the internet from search results from uh you know being able to you know be show up when you google them uh because of this same problem that they themselves have on a much more massive scale so like if you take tumblr for example tumblr had a major major like like adult content section and also a major pedophile and child pornography issue and people were actually using tumblr to human traffic and sell children and do all these horrible things. And it was also happening on YouTube. So they would use secret language, coded words, all this stuff to avoid detection and all that kind of thing. And so YouTube, in enabling these policies, they're saying, oh, we're finally addressing this problem. But at the same time, they're also using these policies to change their business model. And it goes right back to the conversation we were just having before. Um, They're using this almost as a guise to basically eliminate most content creators because now they can just say, Oh, well, your content's not child friendly. Therefore your content's adult. And because your content's adult, it no longer, you know, can receive uh, monetization and it isn't viable for advertisers and you're gone. So unfortunately, they're kind of implementing this rule to, in a weird way, like it it kind of helps probably the pedophiles and the people who are using YouTube in this sinister way um, because now they can actually specifically create child-friendly content uh, and that's going to get recommended and it's going to take you down the rabbit hole even further into this really screwed up first world. Uh, And now that content's actually going to be protected by YouTube, which doesn't make any sense. But in someone's screwed up head in Silicon Valley, it does. Uh, And then they're going to punish everyone who wasn't making child friendly content anyways. Um, And now all of a sudden they're going to get demonetized for something they weren't producing in the first place. So unfortunately, I think these rules are kind of like a bait and switch. It's like, oh, we're implementing these new rules to protect these children. But I think the reality is it has more to do with the other conversation we had about business models and how they're pivoting and how they basically want to be the next Netflix. And they're just using a problem they've always had as a justification for making the decisions that they're making now. I'm sure the lawsuits probably influenced this to some degree. Um, I'm sure, you know, that was another reason for them to do this. But unfortunately, just like politics, it's like this is the look over there, you know when right behind them, the problems actually happen. Um, yeah. I so. I, like, I don't like that.
4: I, I like that. Um, it's not, not, not what you said, what you said, you hit the nail on the head, but like, no, I, I don't, I don't like that. We, we are living in a world now where when, when they roll out some new terms of service or something like that, it now, I'm like, what's the real reason that they're passing this versus oh that, that makes sense that's what now it's like i don't i trust them about as much as i trust our politicians so it's like oh you're passing some you're, you're pushing some new agenda what's the real reason behind that yeah. like, I, I hate that i just hate that
2: so think about it if only certain channels can target children and can run ads and anything else is no, no longer gets recommended I mean they're now in control of the next generation of users and what they see and what agendas can be pushed on those children it's all about control so unfortunately I don't think this is gonna solve the pedophile problem I don't think this is gonna solve the human trafficking problem I think this unfortunately is an attempt for the elites or the powers that be or whatever the hell you want to call them to get control over the next generations minds because the. Kids sit there obsessively on YouTube watching videos all day, and that's the only way they can reach them. So they're making rules so that they get to be in control of what those children see, so that they get to basically brainwash the next generation. I think and I... that's probably the intention behind these rules. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, if... and
2: it's sad. Yeah. And it's tragic, think... and it's screw up a whole new generation of kids.
0: Well, hopefully in alternative forms, it's actually successful, but I'm even pessimistic on that front, to be honest, but we'll see how it's things take go. time. Yeah, that's the thing. It takes a long time. I mean,
4: there is. Well, I mean, there, there, are, there have been changes that have been happening. I mean, look, look, sites like Patreon and Subscribestar have been blowing up since then. Like, you know, the, I mean, there are things that are happening because of this. Is it? Is it the answer? Probably not, but like, but you could definitely tell things are moving, yeah, in another direction. Like, you just tell
2: rapidly, and someone will come in, like TikTok, um, and will take control of a large segment of you know the internet video network that's out there. I mean, there's going to be another user generated content video network uh, there has to be it's mm. always going to be a thing that people are going to want to participate in um, it's just it's going to look different because the next generation of users are only really going to use the internet on a smartphone so we're seeing that shift happening as well more and more you know people forget that you know ultimately at the end of the day like we're now in a world where the majority of people access the internet from their smartphone. And that is the majority of clicks and views. So the web, unfortunately, is no longer you know, people on a laptop or a desktop computer. And if, in fact, as time goes on, there's going to be less and less computer users and more and more mobile users. So the next generation is going to have less and less access to computers. And they're going to have more and more access to controlled mobile devices that can only access certain things. So there will at some point be... A backlash from the next generation and they're gonna they're gonna wake up they're gonna go I don't want this anymore I don't want to use the same devices and the same networks and stuff as my parents so we may even see a generation that's gonna come up soon or maybe it's already starting to happen that's just so not interested in any of this tech crap they're just gonna be like nope I want to go outside and play Um, there's a very real possibility that there will be another generation that just doesn't care about technology or the internet.
0: Yeah, I I agree. We'll keep following this and maybe we'll have more conversations about this, but we've held you for an hour. It was a great conversation and a lot of fun, but we'll let you go now. But before we do that, where can people find you um, on all these various platforms?
2: <laughs> you can find me on all of them, but I'm probably shadow banned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I'm on Twitter at Trent Lipinski. Um, I have a podcast that's uh, called Tech Post. I have not been updating it recently, but I'm hoping to start getting some content back up there soon. Um, You can find me on Facebook at Trent Lipinski, uh, and you can find me on most of the social networks under my real name. So uh, that's how you can find me. But again, oh, man, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear from me because (laughs) – Lately, my reach has declined significantly, despite the fact that my followers have increased.
0: You know, that's, I I kid you not, that feels like the exact same thing we've been happening on our channel, because we've had a huge subscriber jump, because we started uploading some videos um, related to the Sargon of a COD event we had here at Penn Stakes, we did an interview with him on the radio. So our subscriber count jumped up, and it's, you know, we had more views and whatnot after that, but recently it just feels like it just dropped it's so yeah, weird. they're
2: they're turning us off um and they're dialing it down for the 2020 election because they don't want what happened last time to happen again um yeah. and unfortunately what they're just gonna do is they're gonna push people off these platforms and they're gonna go somewhere else yeah. so um uh, you know that's the reality of what's happening is we're all getting shadow banned and we're all losing our reach and we all played this game thinking, oh, if I get, you know, X amount of followers, I'll continue to be able to do this. And now they're just dialing back our reach.
0: Well, I think Milo puts it best when he says we need to start creating our own platforms like Gavin McGannis with Free Speech TV, stuff like that. We need to start creating our own platforms because these platforms are not a sustainable future for us at
2: all. Good luck. with Yeah, fun. I agree. Yeah. But at the same time, the hosting of where all this stuff gets hosted and the monopoly that happens in the hosting space, yeah. they can just turn you off. I mean, the, the majority of the Internet is powered by AWS. That's just the reality of it. Um, Amazon, And that's Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the rest are using Microsoft or Google. Um, and that is the cloud. So, we almost need to create And what needs to happen is actually at the infrastructure layer, we need to create a new cloud that's decentralized that they can't turn off. Mm-hmm. And then we need to build applications and platforms on top of that new infrastructure. Because if you build it on top of Apple or Google or any of these companies, they're just going to turn you off if they don't like you. And they've done it before. They did it to Alex Jones. So yep. um, they'll do it again. So yeah, we got to, Basically, I have to go create a new internet. <laughs> that's ultimately what has to happen first. And there are companies and there are projects out there in the blockchain space, in the post-blockchain space. Uh, there's there's some interesting stuff. Uh, there's one project in particular that comes to mind called Holochain. Um, and that's basically what they're building. They're building a decentralized internet. So, you know, that's what has to happen next so that we can... Get rid of our dependence on uh on all these major tech companies.
0: Well, fascinating conversation as always. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's, you know, hard to have you know find some good insight like this, but you've provided some of the best insight we've heard on, you know, not only just the tech companies, but just how terrible California is and why nobody <laughs> should move there at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. We didn't even get into like the resurgence of the plague or typhus. Oh my god. Jesus. Only in California. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that'd
0: just be a meme, but no, it's true. I I don't doubt it for a second. Oh.
2: Uh it's it's some weird times. So but thank you for having me on. Uh, it's been a pleasure.
0: Of course, thank you. All right,
4: take, take care, Trent. Yeah, take care. Yeah, yeah, great take talking
1: care. to you. Jeez, California, that sounds like the West Coast Florida.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, I don't even think Florida's like that crazy nah. at least Florida goes red occasionally
1: no nah, you ever see the people down there man Florida man is a Florida man, man. like I, I just can't believe like some of the stuff I hear it's like Florida man feeds meth the squirrels to create attack squirrels Florida <laughs> man's pooping on like cars driving in the intersection by hanging off a stoplight like there's crazy things
4: the, like mm. California is becoming India. They are. Like, it's overpopulated. Yeah, yeah, the poop streets. It's like there's the people... People yeah. pooping on the streets and then the public, like. Well, at least India,
1: India's, India's on an upward turn. Like California's, just on a downward turn. It, yeah. it's it's, it's un, yeah. untamed liberalism. That's what's causing, because it. it's like you know the whole pooping thing. It all started when they decriminalized pooping on the streets. They thought it was like, wait, oh.
0: they decriminalized it.
1: Yeah, it used to be against a lot of gun. You know, plop one on the street. Christ. And then they were like, oh, you know, that's you know that's racist. You know, it's it's anti-poor. Let's it's stop anti-poor. this. It's anti-poor. And then this is what happens you know places that have laws you can get arrested you can get you know public uh, defecation laws that's a, that's the thing but uh, in california they were they thought it was racist so they got rid of it and now they have poop streets and plague
0: well did you hear that people are calling we were looking at this a bit earlier that have you seen that peloton ad that was airing during thanksgiving phil
4: i did yeah i actually I saw did. it on I, tv i didn't think there was that yeah, I don't. I don't know what the controversy is. Like, I watched it. I didn't. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. But apparently, people on Twitter are getting ticked off again. Well,
0: when I saw it, I, f- I. The only thing that was off-putting was like the girl in the, you know, in the ad looked like a bit scared in one of the shots. I was like, oh, that's a funny face. That that's all I thought was like, oh, this just looks a bit odd. But apparently, people were saying it's sexist and quote a symbol of the patriarchy. Because the husband was gifting his wife an exercise bike.
1: How dare he want an attractive wife? Yeah, well, how, Oh, you know you know if the wife gave you know, the uh, fat husband a exercise bike, that'd be okay. It's like you ever such see such a that? double standard. Now, you ever see that on television shows? It's yeah. like you always have like the Homer Simpson man. I was gonna say the Homer Simpson. You always Simpson, have the Homer Simpson, dumb, the Peter Griffin. Guy, they're always dumb, the they're always belly. fat, they're always like an And the woman's always perfect. You know, the only one that's like different that would be King of the Hill and that you know, that's a rarity, you know. It, well, but what's wrong
0: with getting a woman an exercise bike? Yeah, because like, they want women to be perfect.
1: It? They want women to be perfect on these things. You know, they expect them to be, you know, femininity and femininity is what's in right now. You know, the only but thing it's that'd the be even
4: patriarchy. I hate it's the patriarchy. Like I, I and I, I hate hearing about the I hate hearing about the patriarchy. Like, how about you just let be let let women be women, right? And some people, some people, some women want to be housewives. Some people want that house life. Well, and, some you people know, want, to life. want to lose weight.
1: They don't want to be a fat ass all their life.
0: Who wants to be fat? No one. Look,
4: know? I mean,
1: there's there's probably some people. You know, they have you have a couple people out there that like have that feeding and maybe, fetish. Yeah. If <laughs> and they, they diet like thirty. They
4: could be skinny if they want to be big they could be big whatever it's like it's like there's so much like like who cares who cares if if that's something you if if getting in shape is something you want to do go for it and then, and that's and that's okay um but like the, this whole getting outraged on twitter because of some you have some weird obsession with stuff that doesn't exist um,
1: well, I, I just hate stop. this cancel culture man. I, what was it? I saw the other week there was or a couple days ago There was like this one company that got really pissed off that people are getting married on plantations or something What? Yeah, like, you know, you ever see those? like <laughs> you
0: know, Oh, it's like we okay. I was looking at this on the wedding app. You can do weddings in like barns and mansions yeah. and whatnot So it, I guess that's what people in the south do because yeah, that's what they people, have
1: some people like that stuff You know, they look beautiful and yeah. then, they had this, like, one thing saying, oh, it's, like, evil and racist, and they, like, kept complaining until they got, like, I think, Pinterest and something else to go and, like, de- like to significantly lower the reach of those uh, websites. Or not the websites, like the plantation things. They, they think Would they
0: ridiculous. be fine with a black couple doing it on plantation?
1: I don't know. They'd probably call it internalized racism. but th- And then they said for the other ones that didn't do anything, they told them, that they were going to uh, start targeting their advertisers. Like, why do they have to do that? Like, I really hate people who just go after advertisers like that. Like, it really just like these people need to be, you know, just stop. Like, they need to go and make. I don't know. Like, maybe advertisers just need to toughen up and just say, you know, you can complain because they're not no one like look at look at Chick-fil-A you know they had people you know throwing all sorts of boycotting and they grew bigger than they ever were and then you know now they just decide to go and become complete cuckolds but you know for the longest time they were actually doing better when they were under you know sanctions
0: yeah and the other thing too that's crazy is that you can't do anything anymore without fear of the mob just coming after you, after your advertised, after all these things. Like nothing is safe anymore. Like like uh, an ad of just giving a Peloton exercise bike to your wife is considered too much today, too much. Oh, and the actress I think has moved on to another company because of the backlash. But it's I mean, I mean like you, you you think sometimes these things are a joke, but every time you see a joke about you know stuff like remember that video that went around about MSNBC like reporting on kek like yeah. that sort of stuff you look at and you don't even know if it's fake or not because you could see them doing stupid you know crap like this
1: that's why fake news is so like big now because people these companies will go and do anything that they think will get money that they'll think will get views that they think will generate outrage like yeah. it is gone like we literally live in clown world like, people will just do the stupidest things and make the stupidest stories. It's like, oh, you know, Donald Trump farted once. Oh, is is, is impeachable? Is his mental health okay? You know, so you
4: get that. Well, Eric Swallow farted and nobody's saying anything about him. Oh, <laughs> I, that was hilarious.
0: <laughs> that was funny. I and mean, they kept denying it. They're like, it's a cup moving. Look.
1: I like, honestly, I... Cups don't make that noise. I don't, I don't give a crap if someone farted. Like, you know, that's not good, but I can understand. But still, you know they're making such a big deal over like denying, like he's just denying it and denying it. Like, dude, just, just fess up. Say it a burrito or something, <laughs> you know? I,
0: I had a hot bowl of chili for lunch. Yeah.
4: No enchiladas. <laughs> Dang it.
0: I had a big bowl of chili for, remember when Alex Jones said that, like in his custody hearing, he couldn't remember something. Oh, yeah, and his you, excuse was, I had a big bowl of chili for lunch. Sorry.
1: You know, if Donald Trump did that though, there would be a, and there'd be hearing about it. Was oh, he'd be he? Impeached. Was he? Was he trying to go and like offend someone? Was he trying? Was this an culture act,
0: appropriating Mexican food?
1: Was this <laughs> an act of uh act you know of chemical violence. warfare? Was he
0: dog whistling?
1: Was it chemical warfare? Was he <laughs> trying to go and? Uh, you know, nasally assault. Are you trying to nasally assault the CNN reporter. <laughs> Dude, that would be funny as crap, though. If you, just you can go... meme that
0: in reality. They're trying to meme into reality that Santa hats are racist by putting it on all, like, these avatar, like, profile pics. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, I mean, they've done it before. They do that the okay sign. And, oh, I know. And, like, it's become something, like, someone literally lost their job over it.
0: Yeah, that was stupid.
1: Because people are, you know... They literally made the meme into reality. Like, you can literally do it with any symbol now. You can even, you know, they tried doing it with a the hashtag. They changed it to the fashtag. tag. And, you know, I hope they just start doing stuff like that because people will stop paying attention once they go that far off the rails. Like, your average person, you know, they're probably not going to know some of these, like, more obscure things. They're like, okay, you know, I can understand that. But when you start seeing, like, you know, drinking milk's racist, the okay it's sign's racist. It's all,
0: like, over the line. You know,
1: Santa hat's racist. Uh... You know, going to church is racist. Uh, you know, like everything. And pe- like that's when the normies will literally start to go and rise up and say, hey, I don't know about
0: Normies this. rise up.
1: I think that's what really need to happen. You know, Normie you,
0: uprising. Like they
1: start, you know, they, the, the, what's it called? Accelerationism. That's what you need to go and do. Just make even more bizarre stuff, Star King Band. You know, you get your yeah. average Joe, like, you know. Like Ben Shapiro banned from everything. No,
0: that's like what Miles talking about on the show is that you need to get those people because then those people start caring and then their followers will start caring. Yeah,
1: get get Fox taken off the news and that will literally get people to rise up. Like get them taken, like get Comcast to blacklist. I'm like, start complaining about that. You know? I I I don't want that to happen, but if you want change to happen, that's what you have.
0: You know, it's what's gonna take. But let's talk about something fun that happened here at Penn State that I know you guys um were in the loop on too but two of us here got to attend it was the socialists here the united socialists they had a town hall discussion they called it on capitalism and mental health um t here can i call you t still i guess that's a yes uh she was in a library and she saw this flyer that said united socialists at psu present capitalism mental health town hall discussion thursday december 5th Yada 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 so we're like, "Oh, we got to go to this." This is right up our alley. It was a publicly advertised event, and I posted something in our T- Turning Point USA chapter group me about like, "Hey, if anyone wants to come, like this message." And we got overwhelming 20 likes on it. So we're like, "Yeah, we're going to this thing." And then I got an email. Literally like a day later from the United Socialist President. She emailed me, and she said uh the following. She said, "Hello, I understand Turnpoint plans to attend our mental health hall on Thursday. Yad 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 And she said, I hesitate to write this email because I feel they'll be used against us as evidence of our unwillingness to engage in civil debate with your organization. Why you send
1: the email? Uh yeah, I mean you're you're pretty you hit that on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just because you try to preempt something doesn't mean it's not true. It's like Oh, you know, if I go and punch you in the face, you know, I know you're going to want to hit me back, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: wait, there's more. And then, then she says, however, our town halls are not the space for heated debates. Why is she assuming we're going to get into a heated debate?
1: Okay. Well, what do you mean by town hall? Like, yeah, what do it do there? What, so what's, the, what's the definition of a town not hall? Like, other, other than like, you know, an actual hall in the town, <laughs> like an actual, like, you know, verbal, you know, town hall. It's always there is a discussion. That's the point of a town hall. If it's, if it's not discussion, you're just having a lecture. Well, according to Google, uh, a town hall is an event in which a
0: po- politician or public figure answers questions from members of the public.
1: Oh, so. Yeah, so there's
0: got to be Q&A. Yeah,
1: it's a and That is by de, by de facto or de jure. There is some sort of. You know, audience and uh, panelists interaction. Interaction.
0: Yeah, well, when we got there, they said there's not there are you can't ask questions. They said that to us.
1: Okay, okay mm. well, that's great. You know, they they
4: literally lied. They they uh, falsely advertised. It's not a town
1: hall.
0: Yeah.
4: Basically, it's not a town hall. No,
0: like, it's, it's just like, a presentation. No, you said it
4: was a town hall. It's it. You didn't take Q and A. It's not a town hall. So you're basically you're. You're full of duty. That's basically they socialist president. They
1: are straight up lying. You know, that little surprise, surprise, a socialist lies. You know, that happens every time a socialist, you know, (laughs) sells you some bull crap. That's their entire ideology. And that's funny, too. You know, you taking this whole thing. It's like, oh, a socialist. It's gonna tell you about capitalism. What the hell do they know about capitalism? <laughs> They're have,
0: experts. They've read books on theory.
1: Yeah, that'd be like asking a Muslim on their alcohol preferences.
4: <laughs> you know. Thank God. They need to thank their stars and stripes that I was not there. <laughs> they need to thank because look, dictator Phil would have been there, and he would brought I, all I, his I
0: guns. Metaphorically,
4: I have, I've, I've worked in mental health, uh and, and I know T. T's a psychology major. Yeah, she is. And, well, we, uh, I know me personally, I would have. I mean, I, I would have given him hell. Well, I would have. Well, here's something uh, too.
1: Like, what's the point of that juxtaposition capitalism and mental health that'd be like oh we're gonna talk about uh you know hamburgers and (laughs) surfing (laughs) or like you know airplanes and uh video games you know it's just like so random like why why would they pick that
0: Well, I was confused too, but on their Facebook event, which they posted like a day before the event, which was like terrible. Yeah. They're very on the ball here. They're, they're well prepared to gain the attention of everyone. They're, they're, these people are terrible at planning and organizing, which I'll talk about, about the actual event, but it was something about how like capitalism, like affects your mental health was the idea of it which what? yeah i know they, they they drew some you know crazy parallels which we'll get oh, into you think
1: that's bad you got well look at socialism's <laughs> effect on people's mental health when well, they literally live in a country where you can't go and do so many things but you can see like right across the border right across the berlin wall some beautiful people are actually capitalism. doing pretty good yeah you know you try to go over and do anything you get like 260 rubles a month what can you really do with them and it costs like a hundred rubles for a bottle of vodka
0: well, in the rest of the email that I was uh, reading um, a bit there, she said um, they, as in town halls, are meant to be collaborative discussions, and I believe I am justified in assuming that you do not plan on engaging with our ideas in good faith.
1: What the hell Whoa. do you mean by good faith? Like, what, what, is good what does a socialist yeah, what, what even know about faith? 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 <laughs> what does a godless socialist know about faith? They don't even know what faith is. There has not been a single socialist president or whatever a chairman, you know, uh, I don't know what the hell they have in the Soviet Union. They they do not have faith. They literally go in there, they go and say, "Oh, we're, I'm for the people," and they go and t- they line their own pockets. That's all they do. They do not. Their entire philosophy is not in good faith. You Why do
0: they assume we'd be doing things in bad faith? They assume the worst of what us. What do they I'm even like, mean by we this? Are no, I'm flattered by this. They think we're so awful, we're so destructive, like these evil monsters. No, we're not that what, big a What and do bad they bad. mean
1: this bad faith? <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, what ask a do? question. Well, what, what do they think you're going to do? Like, oh, I'm going to say a bad word. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I, we're gonna I'm going to gaslight you. Oh, we're going to go and... Uh, we're going to dox you in the meeting or, ooh, we're going to go and take tiki torches. We're going to protest
0: you guys. Oh, wait. They did that oh, to yeah. us.
1: Like, what did they do? They literally did every single thing that they are accusing you of doing. They they are so, like, what was it? Refraction or whatever is <laughs> the term for that. They, you, they literally do came... the stuff where, where they do the stuff. Projection. that Yeah, projection. That's all they're doing because they did their thing in bad faith. They tore down your posters.
0: Yeah, they tore down our posters. They, they called for our organization to be de-chartered and cut all the funding to him, basically shut down. And they also uh, protested our event with slanderous lies. Like, I, that's oxymoron, like,
1: You should release a statement and go and say, you know, we respect the right for them to have these stupid town halls, even though <laughs> they tried to... You know, they reported me to uh, our organization.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Those no spoilers, because it gets better. Because after this email... Uh, well, they, they say at the, the bombville like, we get, it, this, we're still, like, a, you know, a paragraph and a half into this. They finally got to the point, which was, I would like to appeal to your sense of common decency. They always love doing that.
4: Yeah, yeah. Common decency. Well, their common decency when they
1: try to get you defunded. Yeah, you know, these guys (laughs) can take a hike.
0: Yeah, they don't yeah. know
1: anything about common decency. They they just know how they to, want to
0: shut down. Yeah, very commonly decent. We, we
4: don't want to de-platform your speakers. We just want to shut you down. Yeah. No, no, no. They wanted to appeal to your sense of common decency. Oh, they, oh not, you they know, they these people. They don't have common decency. <laughs> they just wanted you to appeal to your. Yeah. You should go and say, well, you know, thank
1: you for saying this to me. After what you guys did to my organization and uh, try to get shut down, yeah, I don't know about your appeals to whatever decency, yet. you know, at this point, you know, you kind of, you kind of poison the well. Well,
0: well, here's where it gets the best. This is the best part. And as they said, they want to pure sense com DC and respectfully request that your organization refrain from attending our event. Let me know if you have any further questions.
4: <laughs> it's That's an invitation have- right there. Yeah, it when is. When don't, don't come to our our thing, okay? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, we're going to come. And we're going to come in gonna
0: mass. We're going to bring everyone. That's what we did. It's so crazy because, the, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect this, but it's a publicly advertised town hall and they registered on, on 25 Live, which is the room booking service, as a public event open to the public. They cannot deny anyone entry. What nerve do they have telling us not to come? And yet we let them come to our speaking event, even though they totally lied. And slandered Sargon, calling him a pedophile, totally just lied out the wazoo. But we said, hey, you can still come in. So I replied... Uh, a little cheeky, I might add. I said, Turning Point USA will attend this publicly advertised, quote, town hall discussion, unquote. We will be civil and hopefully engage in a productive conversation like we always do. If you want, we can talk one-on-one afterwards. See you then. Did
1: <laughs> <laughs> they respond to that?
0: No, they didn't. They didn't know oh,
1: what they're, to they're do they they don't they want to go and talk all this big stuff and use all this flowery language and they sound they want to go and sound like they're little like they you know in the chairman right here. yeah they sound like a chairman you know chairman Malo everywhere it's like oh you know I'm gonna make this look all legalese and professional like oh you know I don't know but I don't think you guys should come you know I'm I'm <laughs> gonna go and apply to appeal to your common decency no
0: you're not it's like oh yeah geez. it's decent
1: just not show up to go at, you know these people's events yeah how's that decent. Yeah, I'm sorry you guys can't hold an argument to go and save your life.
0: Well, but it gets better. The day before the event, uh, the plot thickens. Again, email that says Office of Student Conduct, and I'm like, uh oh, uh oh,
1: <laughs> uh oh, student. <Steve. laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we haven't done anything yet.
0: We're like, what, what, what happened? And it said, um, after a bunch of things, it says, I'm reaching out to you. Uh, because our office received a referral for Turning Point last night. It was a concern raised by another student in reference to an interaction online with members of Turning Point and the other organization, and a concern about an event on campus this week. I'm like, oh boy, I know what this is about. Well, they went
1: and tell on you, Mommy, he, he, he came and I told him not to come.
0: <sighs> well, they are so childish and pathetic. I mean, look. I don't even know what they're talking about. I talked to their president afterwards after this event. I still don't know what this is about. We're going to meet up hopefully soon. But it's absolutely pathetic, childish, and unproductive and, and potentially dangerous to report somebody to code a, an organiza- an entire organization to code of conduct for doing nothing wrong. We have done nothing. I've said nothing wrong. I just posted about this in our group, me saying, hey, this is coming up. You guys want to come? They said, yes. I said, okay, we're going to go. I didn't say anything else. I didn't incite anyone to be violent. I didn't incite anyone to You didn't to be even disruptive. incite them to go
1: and tear
4: down your posters. No, I did not.
1: <laughs> you did we not u- do that. It. You know, look like at them.
4: Event, by attending their event, we upped their their group attendance. We doubled it. We doubled it. their attendance by that. Like, oh, look, yeah. They should, the should be happy. Do- the real thing they should be saying is, thank you, Sean. Forget for allowing your people to come attend our event. You see, uh, instead of
0: Phil, don't you,
4: like yeah. I I don't. What's up?
0: You are a kind soul, just like me. You 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 know what's going on here. You you are being you know you're looking at it from the positive angle because yeah. they gave our event so much free advertising for Sargon Hunter. I was so thankful that I want to advertise theirs in our group me. but did they appreciate yeah. that no you Whoa. did but right. they didn't We're,
4: we are we try we try to do the nice thing and what does it get us you know
0: i know it's it's a shame
4: it. i mean it's it helped us out quite a bit though to be honest
0: <laughs> yeah it was pretty bad that i i didn't expect this i mean they there's yeah. a the whole like hostility from the other side has been heightened so much since that Sargon event, and it's because, you know, they're losing. they're losing. They know this is the thing I tell people all the time: is you will see that the left always shuts down the most effective voices. They don't go after the people that are irrelevant and, unaf- and you know, totally ineffective. Like Richard Spencer, nobody cares about him. Nobody really follows him. He doesn't have any sort of, you know, real political momentum and power. He's nothing.
1: He's a straw man.
0: And what is he? He's still on Twitter. He's still on Twitter. But Milo, Alex Jones, Roger Stone, Gamma against all banned. All banned. All the effective people. And it's the same thing here with us. We are the only right-wing club that's actually doing stuff on campus. We're the only conservative group that's actually doing stuff. It's actually bringing speakers and packing the house and creating controversy and interest and excitement. What are the college Dems doing? Nothing. This is the only thing the socialists have done to my knowledge. I mean, the college Dems did some, like, climate change debate that no one showed up to, that no one cared about. Well,
1: probably the college Republicans went up there to go and, like, pretend they're smart.
0: They had the college Republicans and the college independents both in the debate. They weren't monitoring the CIs. They were in the debate.
1: It must have been so low energy, Jeb Bush would have been like, oh.
0: It would put Jeb Bush to like high energy levels.
1: Oh my god! Like they're just so boring. Like these, like these stupid debates. Nothing. Ours was exciting. Done. No one cares.
0: The Yang Gang TPSA one. People came out to that. There was pizza. Everybody was having fun. Like that was a good debate. But the, you know, the, the, if these people really had talent, if they really had ability, they'd be going out there doing their own stuff. They'd be having their own events. They'd be successful. But they have nothing. So instead, they try to tear anyone else down, successful, and bring them to their level. Okay. And that's where we are today. I,
1: know, I just feel like the college Republicans over here they, they don't really have too much principles. I feel it's like, oh, you know, we're, mm. we're Republicans, but we're not really Republicans. We we just kind of don't want to offend anyone, you know. We, we don't really have principles, but uh, we don't like taxes. So it's like we're kind of libertarian, but we don't want to call ourselves that because <laughs> Daddy would not be amazing. very happy.
4: It's it's all about like it's a, amazing nine like a good, good it's amazing of, what we do. Like it's amazing what Turning Point does. When you talk about the college, the the college Dems have, they have resources, they have the UPA on, UPUA on their side. All of the stuff that they have is on their side. And and yet we're still doing more than they are. Like it's incredible. And wait
0: till next semester. Oh my god.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You, you need to go and start
1: going to more of these we people's not- events. Just have like a. But they don't have any events. This is like the only one. <laughs> I'm sure you have some other fringe group holding these stupid events. I mean, it's not the socialists. Maybe it'll be like the Students for Bernie or something. Or like, just look at those little flyers. I remember, like, what was it? The debate club? Good lord. They, they had some sort of, like, gun control debate the one year with heart uh, like, Oxford students. That was so cringe. Oh, I remember
0: that, yeah. And you couldn't ask certain questions. Remember when you tried to ask a question, they were like, nah.
1: No, 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 that was a different one. I think
0: oh. this was a year before. Oh, UK. yeah, the one we were doing was about Brexit.
1: Yeah, like, th- it was so stupid. Like, cause they both argued for gun control in different ways. It was supposed to be like, you know, you could argue. Like, I was like, you know, you, you there's two ways to do this, but they just went the so, like, when two liberals like who agree on something, they just like find ways to disagree with. It was like ah, I'm like minutia. Yeah, it's just like the names. It, you know, it's like oh, we're gonna have you know gun control, but we're gonna do it with the Second Amendment and without the Second Amendment. Like that, like they found some sort of loophole. Cause it was like, you know, you had to argue for or against the Second Amendment. And I think our team got four and they were full of liberals. Mm. And they were like, oh, you know, we're going to go and, you know, ban guns within the confines of the Second Amendment. They found a way to somehow (laughs) do it. It was just like, (laughs) God, it it was so cringe.
0: Well, speaking of cringe, let's take a look. I took some pictures at the event for us to look at since you guys had the um, uh, unfortunate um, inconvenience of not being able to go. Mm -hmm. But they're a little bit out of war here, so bear with me on this. 'Cause my phone upload them funny, but this one picture here shows like the whole, you know, uh, like layout of it. Like, okay. Funny thing was the socialists were on the left side of the room and all of us conservatives were on the right side of the room appropriately. We had 30 of us there at one point, and they had twenty-five of them there. We outnumbered them at their own stuff. That was just funny. Look, they have a on their podium a transgender
1: Antifa flag. <laughs> Like, what is this? Oh my this? God! Good Lord, these people call themselves oh socialists. My God, if they that were so the, if they were the Soviet Union or Maoist They'd China the or Cuba, they would be the first to go. <laughs> yeah, they would not last a second. They gonna have these communist signs and solidarity. They would be the first to go. Like even before the capitalists, they'd be like, "Okay, these are these are the dr- They these are they, they had a term for in the Soviet Union, like a failures of society or like dregs of society." Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. Would, and they would go to the they go to Siberia. Well, they always
0: you know yeah they they always had that flag when they were well tabling, here, but yeah
4: a wise a wise man once told me. That everybody thinks they're a warrior until the real warriors enter the building. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, that's true. You know,
4: and they, that's, this is what they are. They they talk a good game. They're all, you know, they attack. They they verbally attack. They they write complaints and all that stuff. And then when when we show up, they kind of, you know, they they they, they, they kind of crawl into their their shell, No, you and know? I
0: I hate to put it this way, but. Everybody has these stereotypes of what socialists look like or what these snowflake SJW people look like. Oh my God!
1: Well, see, Every some one of them fit the drill. stereotype. It was like, oh God. Stereotypes exist, and there's usually a reason yeah. for them. Yeah. Like, came out from summer. Not all of them are true, but you know, it's stuff like this. It's like, yeah.
0: Well, we'll go over their first slide, which I know T will have a few things to say. It's individualism. Uh, I will too oh yeah you will that's true individualism and psychology and they put like a bunch of quotes on there like here's the thing their slides are just filled with text like I, it's too much to comprehend well, they you don't know. know
1: how to do style they just want to go and just run the stuff on there it's patriarchy or uh, it's capitalist to go and put their value into time yeah to actually make it look good
0: do you guys see anything on there that's glaringly I need like to I'm looking on my
1: phone. My, my eyes are... Oh, uh, you
0: can't see that far?
4: Well, it's, it's I, I think they were attacking Big Ph- They were trying to take a pop shot at Big Pharma, which... I to say Big Pharma. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I, and and do, do they... Does Big Pharma do things that are, you know...
0: They can be pretty or dirty. Cleanest? Yeah. They
4: can be pretty dirty, but but here... These are people that don't want to admit that there are necessary evils in this world. And yes, you know do, do they do shady stuff sometimes? Probably. But this is, but the pharmaceutical, the capitalism has created this farm pharma, this pharmaceutical development that is unparalleled to anything ever. Like you look at, you look at these socialist countries, do they develop pharmaceuticals? No. In fact, you know, a lot of these a lot of these socialist countries, you know, you got China, all these other countries, right? A lot of them just reverse engineer the stuff that's already created in the United States and then create generic models that aren't as good because the reverse engineering is bad, but that's neither here nor there. But but that's what they do. There's no development. So there, the, the, then it's like, oh, they they have they have standardized health, they have universal health care, I guess if you want to call it that, but it's the the quality is so poor it's not it's not even worth having. It's like oh I'm sick. Oh, you're probably gonna die, sorry. Oh my did god. Did you find
0: the Joker slide? Yeah,
1: did he, did he see that? Yeah. That is that yeah. is some cringe, like the <laughs> one thing today I put on my Joker makeup and ask Veronica to start a worker co op with me. She laughed at me and told me I was a stupid radlib, and the heck with ca- the heck of capitalism was a firm itself, not that the firm has a boss. <laughs> then Chad threw a copy of Capital at me and told me to actually read Marx. <laughs> Welcome to my twisted, dark, twisted fancy. <laughs> oh my God! Like they are literally putting like ch- like chad virgin meme speak into the like what is, this supposed to be a, what is supposed to be a town hall a professional event they have like stupid memes of joker you no, know no, no. And, and a blue background that looks something out of like you know microsoft windows xp like, blue screen not, death. Even, not even windows xp <laughs> it's just like windows 3 like a blue window <laughs> like good lord learn how to like
0: mm. no and it was funny was they called it the joker the movie just called joker and they realized that mistake midway and so they started editing the powerpoint look i have an image of it they started editing the powerpoint live <laughs> and calling it... <laughs> these people are so stupid and then they called it Le joker
1: Le joker and i was like oh wow funny this is funny. some art they pretend like some sort of like art house remake yeah, it was just so stupid. And then the third slide
0: is the one uh, with the, you'll see like the Jordan Peterson lobster meme. Like they were attacking like Peterson one thing. They call it capitalist realism. It's like race realism, but like about capitalism, I guess. And post-modernity as the dominant ideology of late stage capitalism. Oh, late stage
1: capitalism. I hate these stupid stages. Oh, he's yeah. stage capitalist. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Look at look at communism. Look at late state communism. You know, it just dies. It becomes capitalism.
0: Well, and they start talking about suicide. And they were they were saying that the uh, places that had more religion or more religious people commit suicide more. Oh
1: yeah, like Japan and China. Yeah, that's where I
0: instantly thought it's so like China. Oh yeah, you they know, put nets outside ver- factories. They must for be suicide. very
1: religious in China. You know, yeah. in Japan. You know, both those places. You know. They, you know, those chi- those Chinese and Japanese, yeah, you know, they really, uh, there are they're a lot of religious fanatics in those countries. Got to be careful.
0: And what were you saying in your class? They would talk about suicide rates among religious people. Like, what were they saying about that?
5: This is just from uh, my uh, developmental side class I've taken in Abington, and also one of the classes here. Catholics, who are more hostile towards uh, suicide in general, is, uh, are less likely to commit suicide than their Protestant counterparts. And Protestants are, you know, known to be more relaxed, I guess, more liberal, you could say— um, uh yeah um of uh, i guess the christians but between the two the most more religious ones are less likely um to kill themselves
1: uh, you can't really call Protestant like protestant that that's you know there's like 30 different things under that umbrella
5: that's true but let's just assume it's like your well, typical like you your, protestant but there's
1: not a typical Protestant. you know you get a baptist and episcopalian would probably you know they, that's like That's way off. Like a Baptist is like probably more likely, definitely more likely to be right wing than like a regular Catholic. And then you're Episcopalian or like Anglican, whatever the heck they they got over there. They're a lot more liberal.
0: Well, I think my issue is that they think, you know, that if we have less religion, you're going to have less suicides. We looked up some stats and it more just depends what part of the world you're in. I don't think you can correlate I mean, I guess you could correlate, but it's not a causation. I don't really think you could. I think there's a real weird correlation you could draw between, you know, less religion equals less suicide. I would think more religion is yeah. going to decrease suicide, yeah, because you're going to have a community that cares about you.
1: Oh well, yeah, and there's negatives. You know, you kill yeah. yourself, you know, you ain't, you ain't going to heaven.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, and that's for, I, I did. They, and here's the other thing: they don't back up their stuff a lot with stats. They back it up with theory. With stuff people have just uh-huh. farted out their rear end you know there's nothing really here that's that's ain't substance like these people are in, just insane that's the impression all of us guys these people were uneducated insane and just poorly organized like the the exec board there was like six people presenting this they were arguing amongst themselves they were confused they were all bopping around with different thoughts and theories on their own like there was no Like, they didn't know what they were doing when they were trying to control the crowd, they failed at that. I mean, it was just terrible. Like, these these people just they, I it was so unprofessional, and that's one thing I've tried so hard to balance with Turning Point is to keep it fun. But to also maintain that professionalism, so we're taken seriously.
1: Oh yeah, yeah! Just look at that. It looks like crap. It it's looks terrible. Like, it looks like something someone yeah. just found, like some stuff, and they just were like, oh, this looks, you know, they they didn't even bother trying to go and make it look visually appealing. No title for a slide yeah. should be two lines. Two lines. Capitalist realism and postmodernity as a dominant ideology of late stage capitalism. Was that even me? That sounds like that name. That's like a thesis, <laughs> not like not <laughs> you, the title you, of a slide. You like,
4: could tell they weren't raised right. You can tell they weren't. No, you raised said they were right. uneducated. Any, I, any
1: parent? Hold on, you any said parent were. You said they were uneducated. I yeah. counter you. They were overeducated <laughs> because you do not get that stupid. By yourself, you get that stupid when you take sociology classes, when you take, you know, co- like <laughs> well, Marxist really theory, I mean, you know, not... uh, you know, like these oppression ideology classes. You don't get that stupid by yourself. Like I know stupid people, and they're not that stupid. These yeah. people were educated to be stupid.
0: Mm.
3: They're cool.
1: brainwashed.
0: Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Well, the the thing, too, like, they just didn't seem like they knew what they were talking about, and that's where I got that from. Is just. They just seem so like surface level, barely mentioning something, you know, with any like meat to it. It was, you know,
1: it was like just don't like meat. (laughs) Yeah,
0: true. It was like just the lettuce of a salad, you know. There's nothing else there. Just, just air. Just, just filler. Uh, The next propaganda.
1: It's literally propaganda. That whole thing. They don't want to teach you something. They want to tell you something.
0: Yes, that's true. That's a very good distinction. They want to just tell something, preach something, rather than teach it they or explain hate
1: religion it. Religion, because they want to be the new religion.
0: Mm. this is, is why a religion they, to them.
1: Yeah, it is because you just have to believe. Like you have to believe, believe the patriarchal, man. you know, racist, sexist, capitalist, pig dog American. Uh, what else? What else don't they like? Uh, they don't like the nuclear and, family. Oh yeah. yeah. Want
0: we'll, to we'll talk about that? This is the slide that triggered me. This is the one that got me going like, all right, these people are dumb. There's a slide uh, that's, that has about the nuclear family. And I'll read the first two lines here. The, again, these are like paragraphs. The first one says, because of the emphasis on the ideal nuclear family in American culture, how awful, people are often stuck with uh, the family they were born or trapped in an unhealthy marriage. It's poorly like worded. In an unhealthy marriage out of fear for the social stigma if they tried to leave.
1: What? People leave all the time.
0: Yeah. and like, like, you
1: know, you have the option. Like, once you're 18. Yeah, you can leave. Like, you know, you're in college. You really want to get married and leave. You know, it, it's it's possible. And then they. Yeah. And I'll, I'll and tell you how. It's not I, easy, but, you know, it's a heck of a lot more easy than if you lived in, like, you know, Soviet Russia. And, and you, you know, end up, like, getting a... You know, it's a pain in the butt, like, dealing with all that stuff. It's not any easier in there. And you know what? They they had nuclear families in yeah, Russia. Yeah, they
0: did. They did. Everywhere it does.
1: And the only place, the only times they would have a nuclear families is if it, people were had so little money that they had to go and bunk with their grandparents.
0: Well, what they argued is, there. this is what the slide says, there isn't a large social response to childhood trauma in the social childhood trauma is often family members. People are often forced to blah, 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 and it just goes on and on. But there's a slide, I think it's like the next, that's like the part two of it. You know, they had more to say. You know, there wasn't, it couldn't fit all in one slide. Uh, so on another slide, they said, as shown in the uh, angles in his origin of the family, The modern capitalist ideological conception of the family was created in effort to further the interests of profit.
1: No, no, you know, they had nuclear families in Russia, they had nuclear families in China.
0: It's a natural thing. I I asked them about this. I said, look, it's a natural thing. Like, where's this profit thing coming from? And then I I, I twisted them a little bit and really got them to think about this more. Because I said, I have an autistic, retired brother. And if you guys are saying the nuclear family is all for profits is bad awful thing, I'll tell you that I would much rather have my brother in a bad household than with a bad family than no family at all. Because no family means he's on the streets, he's homeless, and he would have been dead by now. Oh,
1: you know, that doesn't even make that, that the exact counterintuitive. Like, you know, with, uh, you know, they say the nuclear families for profit. It's actually, you know, it it's saves to save you money. money. <laughs> you know, try living on your own. You know, you don't ha- you have like one Netflix account. You have. Yeah, that's um, a good point. You know, you have one, uh, you have to buy everything, you know, versus you can buy in bulk and save money. Like the nuclear family actually saves money. Saves money. money. You know, so they have no they're they're exactly opposite of what's true.
0: Well, I think a lot of these people didn't have the best families coming up and that's where they formed this hatred literally of the where they think that the and also to remember the family is also a very um big thing in religion, especially Christianity. And they hate Christianity. Like look, I have a lot of issues with a lot of religions. I still think Christianity is the best. And I'm an atheist. I think it's I think it's a good thing for a lot of people, but I don't get this, like, hatred for Christianity. It's really weird. Because these people are perfectly fine with Islam, which is the most anti-women, anti-gay religion in the mainstream, you know, of, really, like, the top religions. It's, like, the worst, you know. But they're fine with that. Oh, it's that, progressive. Oh, that's
1: fine, too. Because they have that picture, and it shows, like, the communist, uh, the Soviet Union dude and the Chinese. With a
0: nuclear family. Veil- Where are those two men. Oh yeah. wait! Well, I can. What the? What is this? I didn't. I gotta get a closer look at this. I didn't even look at this.
5: Oh yeah, you don't know.
1: It's like a um. Oh. Like a gay China no, girl. they're not. No, they're not gay. It's supposed. That whole thing. They're taking a picture out of context because yeah. if you actually looked at that, they they neither of those places allowed gay people. I was gonna say, didn't
0: they kind of like
1: <laughs> that kill show, all those people? <laughs> that was showing. You know, there was that whole Sino-Soviet split too. So that's a whole other sort of issue over there. But just looking at that it was just showing. This was probably made before uh, the sino soviets Well, They just wanted to go be like, hey, these are our brothers in arms. They're not much different than us. They both have the red flag. They both have the hammer and sickle or the star and and whatnot. It it was not a thing of homosexuality. It was a thing that they're both comrades against capitalism, basically. Comrades. But they did not allow gay people in either of those countries. No. It was, and they still it, and don't like gays. You know, the funny thing is, homosexuality is considered a capitalistic construct, if you ask, like, an actual person in the Soviet Union. It, it is a it is a product of the bourgeoisie. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, that's what, like, I listened to this one guy. He is uh, from Soviet Ukraine. And he will, uh, like, they, they talked about that. Like, he, they, they really did not like those people because they saw, you know, uh, homosexuality as... Sort of a, sort of outburst of consumerism and uh, materialism. Mm. You know, it it serves it does not serve the country to go and you know make love with a man because if you're a man because it doesn't produce children, it doesn't for, it doesn't help the state. You know, I think a lot of these people too, they don't understand.
0: And i don't even understand because i've never done this like what it means to have a kid what it means to raise a family they don't understand the power importance and purpose of that and the like it, it's like part of the human you know like existence is to con- have another life and continue things and give people this gift of living like it's a they, they, they don't seem to appreciate that for whatever reason in this context at well, least they,
1: they're probably raising a single mother household you yeah, know, I, I imagine well, if you go and look at a lot of these people, they're probably like a bunch of edge lords who. No, really... they
0: are. One, you know, the guy on campus I've talked about that comes around on like this unicycle on goth. Yeah. I think he was there. Well, he looks like there. a goth guy fox. Yeah, you know, on a unicycle, like it's one of the you know, most uh, bizarre things I've seen at Penn State. And look, I love all kinds of interesting, weird people, but there's a difference between. Got you know like people like us they're gonna have like sort of weird interests or weird proclivities in a good way Uh then these people that just I don't know it's like there's something different about it you just yeah, they're, they're like, socially in the and you don't really want to be yeah, around they, some of these people
1: it's like on the anime convention that sort of yeah it's like the anime crowd it's probably the same people yeah yeah, they, they don't go and wash because it's probably a symbol of the patriarchy to go and smell good.
0: It's bad for the environment.
1: It's bad for the environment. Yeah, yeah the, all those soaps, it probably kills the cows or something. The or, cows. Or kills the, you know, <laughs> sea fox or something. You know, it always says something. It's like, you know, you're purchasing. I'm all natural. Yeah, unless you make it yourself. I'm all natural. Uh, but we have to be vegan too, so you know mm. which. Uh, that's, well, that's a vegans aren't going to be good yeah, well, yeah, which is better, you know, to have all natural or to have uh, vegan soap? You know, that's that would be the kind. That's probably what that's they debate. A that's they probably a face that. That's debate. Yeah. That's probably what they do in their meetings. You know, which is less, which is less capitalist, comrade? What if we have uh, vegan? Is that better for the the socialist cause, or if we have uh, the all natural? You know, it is local produce, it, which is better for communist cause, uh, socialism in the Penn States.
0: Just so, just so everyone knows, that's not what they sound like.
1: They're probably right. like, oh, you know, what's what's better, guys? Oh, this, is, this is offending me. Oh. Oh, where's where's my Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, Uh-oh, my mommy's calling. Hey, mom. Oh, what's What's going on? Oh, no. oh it's my stepdad I don't like him Is <laughs> my checked
0: bounce again
1: oh no I don't like his stepdad well I, I, I can even say
0: did. like a lot of these people they, they, they seem like the type of people that you just can't have fun with you can't talk about anything interesting or different with
1: you know, I, I almost would like to actually go and have one of these people here I'd love to actually I debate want one to. of them I genuinely I, I do feel but like they're I'm... scared uh, yeah, they'd probably, like, try to fight me or something. I know one
0: guy. There's one reasonable guy that might we might be able to get on. It would take some effort, but I can try because he's more reasonable, and he used to be on on the right wing of things but went left, which is – Bizarre. Usually, it's the other way around. I mean, usually, you find reason. You don't abandon. Yeah, he probably
1: it. was trying to go after a girl or something. and it was like, ooh, she yeah, doesn't like. That. That's
4: probably what happened. <laughs>
1: I'm not, not going to rule it out. All right? Next slide. Wait,
4: like I, I, tried to go to this club because I wanted to hook up with chicks, and now I'm still a virgin.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, this is what I will say. um You know,
1: maybe he's th- hoping they collectivize the women or something. <laughs>
0: Yeah, state mandated waifus. Sta-
1: yes, that, uh, what was it was. Korea's doing that now. Oh, really? Mm. Well, I'm like... moving to Korea.
0: Sorry, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I'm. I'm just like, I don't think these people are happy people. No, you know? do they look happy. No, they don't. I didn't see any smiles You're from them. Neck no joy. They,
1: they're just like oh, everything's so evil. Everything's so you know. It's it's, it's against me though. The books stack against me. There's nothing I can do except for try to go and promote communism, to promote an ideology that'll make state become like mommy is and just take all the bad boys away and make them be my friend. Yeah, I just... I think these people just need to get out there more.
0: They need to experience life, have a little fun, joke around. You know, don't take it so hard. Oh, yeah, this is a Tavir's favorite slide um, called Psychology Sucks, Actually. By the way, this slide was... um, the person presenting the slide was their president and a psychology major. And of this course, is... he's psych major. He's probably nuts. She, yeah, they, they oh, are she. all nuts. All right, wait, did you Almost just, a- all of them. Do you just assume uh, her gender? Yeah, what is she oh, actually? Well,
1: identi- well, I mean, you never know. These, you know, this particular yeah, group of people. Uh, Maybe they have. behind the penis. You, my, That's all I'm saying. My uh, my gender is comrade. <laughs> my gender. That, is, that is my Morning. pronoun. You call me comrade.
0: <laughs> well, I do not
1: have gender.
0: See, the thing is. The, I noticed that when we had a uh, a uh, basically like a sex ed class over the summer, there was a psychology major in there that was so triggered when I was pointing out these things like, yeah, guys are attracted to hot chicks and <gasps> women are attracted to big, strong, muscular men. Oh I know it's a, You're a
5: master.
1: <laughs> no, oh my god, evolutionary You're a psych class,
5: uh, t- basically telling her from professor guys are attracted to um, attractive women, um, certain features that are attractive. So
0: yeah, she she. That's- i figured because i found she's a psychology major and i know a lot of what t's classes are and what she's doing and what they're learning and look we guys just sort of like get some of this stuff you know we have our natural drives and we kind of observe things and know what women like and don't like especially after a lot of trial and error like myself um you know, and uh you know uh failures along the way but you do like i can tell that these sort of people they go into psychology and it's telling them these hard truths that they don't like to hear and what they they can either have they can have one of two reactions they can either number one realize that they're wrong and change their minds or say no i'm right and they're wrong and this is all a patriarchal construct this is you know men telling me how to think and a bunch of other bs she's one of these uh number the, the latter where she thinks psychology is all wrong and she's right and so they kept, they, they they totally like diverged the discussion to bring up stuff about the bell curve, race, and IQ, <laughs> and all this other stuff that had nothing to do with what they were talking about.
4: AT, AT, I, I got a question for you.
5: I cannot hear you. Phil has
0: a question. So you,
4: I can't oh, hear. she's, she's, she's uh, still rid right? of
0: headphones.
5: For, yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, okay.
4: Hey,
3: yeah, I got a question
4: room. for you. Hey, <laughs> oh, so. so so the psych- the, on the on this psychology sucks actu- actually slide on point on bullet two, what is odd? Obsessive, de-
5: uh, um, OD. How's
1: oppositional Defiance Disorder.
5: No, it's, um, it's something um was OCD. Yes, yeah, it's something. OCD type. Yes, maybe an OCD. So. Let me Google it. I might be wrong, or maybe. it's the one where yes. oh, Opposition. I have I never right. heard of I that.
1: I was right. I'm <laughs> a psych major. <laughs> Reconsider I have your your never major heard choices. of
5: that, actually, because I've taken an abnormal psych class. I've never had Oppositional Defiance Disorder.
1: It's one of the stupidest disorders out there, but. It's a I disorder
0: be- in a child marked by Define and to be in behavior to authority
1: figure. So oh. it's being a teenager. Well, yeah. basically, that's they what I mean. They're actually it... kind of right about that, I feel. <laughs> but everything else is probably BS. Well,
5: basically, um, in my okay. abnormal psych class, like, that technically is like, you know, maybe you might have like a child who's going to be developing antisocial personality disorder, well, which is, yeah, it's you like know, the Psychopathy, first stage of sociopathy. That. So that's what it is. But, like, I've never really heard, heard of ODD. And technically, yeah. I don't even know if it's in the DSM anymore. I might be wrong, but... Yeah,
1: the DSM's Full crap, like the new one. They, not well, they take the traineeism out of there or something. Oh, mental illness.
5: Well, yeah, only like a very small proportion of them um, the DSM and even the psych fuel is kind of influenced by like I guess the political world, but it's only that small, very small, is like maybe one percent though. Oh so. uh,
1: yeah, that entire major, like if you go and look at the uh, what was it, the replicability crisis.
5: What's that? you're a psych major. You don't know what well, that is? Well, we didn't Wikipedia go over my classes, that. so.
1: Wikipedia, we'll that, no, it's like we're, like, less than half of all okay. these studies in, like, psychology can be replicated. What's it? Replicability crisis. Sorry, I'm typing this no, out. No, it's
5: okay. Replication
1: okay. crisis.
0: What? Oh, they want Bro. you to donate money. Sorry, more. Wikipedia, I'm too poor.
5: Ongoing, which
0: it's as of 2019, an ongoing methodological crisis in which has been found the main scientific studies are difficult or impossible to replicate or reproduce. And that's something that's important, you know, for science that you can reproduce that to prove something. Replication crisis affects the social science and medicines most severely. Crisis has long-standing roots, blah, 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 blah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so basically it's all BS. Um, mm. i not saying it's not If they it can't reproduce BS. it... You know, if you can't reproduce something, it's probably not well, the science.
5: Thing, well, the thing is, like, when it comes to studies, I've taken a stats class, and they said, like, uh, if you can't re- replicate the study or do something similar to a study, then that study is not really that yeah. good. So that's just one of, I think, one of the rules too. Um, I guess when it comes to uh, publishing studies, you have to be able to like replicate it, or you know, um, mm. add more factors into it. So apparently, if you can't,
1: that hasn't been done properly.
5: Apparently not, but anything is, you know, prone to mistakes. Yeah, but it's
0: like... Yeah, they should
5: probably make
1: sure before... Yeah, before they, like... What was it? The Harvard Prison Experiment? Apparently that was, like, debunked was well, sad about it? Stanford prison. I, I think they end up like oh. yeah. they, can't, they, can't, they can't. They can't. replace that. Yeah, but isn't that the
0: um, That's the more. With the, um,
1: that's a psychological thing. I think the, that's thing. Stanford? I think, was I think was it Wasn't it when
0: they were prisons. injecting blacks with syphilis? Oh, that's no a, that's a that, that was a different oh, Tuskegee. Thing that, yeah. Tuskegee. I
1: mean, yeah. I don't remember, was that even psychology? I thought it'd be more that's, uh, biology. That was psychology. Yeah. I yeah. thought they were just giving people syphilis. Well, yeah. well
5: it's just more on ethics, well, they can't.
1: Though. Well, they can't do that one again, obviously. No, it's just yeah. like the like,
5: unethical one. They can't really get through it or replicate it. Because due to ethics, and there's like a board of ethics you have to, more like, ethics. yeah, go through. Yeah.
3: It's...
5: So what's that? Uh, what you mentioned, The uh, what's it called? The replicability, whatever. Replication. Process. Replication, yeah. Then when it comes to studies, you have to make sure that the study can be replicated and then, you know... Uh, you know be used again or maybe i'm um, you know changed in a way if you can then it's not a good study so. social
1: psychology Wait, 25 percent can be replicated
0: yeah that's not good
1: the, the highest replication rate is 50 percent so only one out of two in cognitive psych can be replicated
5: what's preventing the replication what are because they doing they're not
1: doing it right they're doing terror they're not doing right though they're Wait. coming up with bias clear conc- they're, they're biasing it.
5: Oh, okay, then bias is a problem. But well
1: they but then that how? their whole conclusion's wrong. They can't replicate well, what it. What
5: part are they biasing? Are they biasing the, the theory, the hype um the um uh, I guess observations. If you bias the observations and that's like another not problem.
1: Well, they couldn't reproduce the results.
5: Well, if you bias, uh, that's just another part of like if you bias like or try to bias the observation or if you like try to write the observations down in like a really biasing way, then that's obviously like a big no-no when it comes to um, making studies. So if they're doing that, then obviously, yeah, then they're in the wrong. It's a pretty bad rate. As, yeah, that's a very bad rate. And yeah, I've. Uh... So how can you
1: trust
0: any psychology study? You really
5: can't. Unless you can
1: replicate, it, unless you have someone else replicating it has
5: it. yeah exactly. It has to be replicable and like a few other criteria going into it to be like a good study.
1: Psychology is. This meme is why major. I don't
0: trust a lot of studies. To be honest, like I hate to be that guy. Psych but is
1: a meme major. Change my mind. <laughs> it is. I think
0: psych is very important, but I just well, don't if, think if you're you, doing it right. If you can't right. trust
1: any other thing, you just come. It's almost like a step above sociology.
0: No, sociology is yeah. like all theory. Oh, theory. Sociology is well, crap. If you
1: can't reproduce half of your studies, that means they're not done right. That's so the it's problem. Like, well, it's a step above.
5: What part do they look into? Is it cognitive? Is it social? It's, it's a it's cognitive. A-
1: that well, was the one you said. Cognitive like was the cognitive. highest.
0: That yeah.
5: was 50, at
1: 50%. Yeah. Wh- there is. At the highest at 50%. Where was percent that on here, Alex? Uh, I think it was up. Yeah, you were right over there. Yeah, that line go up. And 30% of PSI blah blah blah, blah, blah.
0: Uh, oh here it is studies in the field of cognitive psychology had a higher replication rate 50% than studies in the field of social psychology 25 so only half are replicable in cognitive psych so half of the studies you've ever read in cognitive psych could
1: be BS you have to flip a coin yeah, yeah is this useful or not hmm
5: because I know I want to know what exactly they're doing wrong, like what part of it, like, um, right. you know, it
0: really matter necessarily. I mean, wrong
5: so is no, wrong. no, no, no. The thing is, like, what you want to do is like figure out what is going wrong here, look into like the problems and like find the they way, way to fix yeah. it. Yeah, that's the thing I'm talking about. They'll tell,
1: they'll tell you later on, but it's that's just kind of like the, the short and mm. dirty of it.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't mean to say is necessarily wrong, it's just it doesn't make them. Yeah, Very ungood. credible.
1: They're, they're completely incredible. Yeah, you know that that kind of decredits the whole field.
5: Mm, disagree, but.
0: Well, what makes it feel credible then,
1: for those that if would you say can't it's rep- not? If you can't replicate the study.
5: Well, for example, um, you know, um, maybe the studies feel like half of like as they uh pointed out, um, what the heck my- is
1: that <laughs> I've never seen that one before. I, I tried to go to psychcentral.com
0: saying, oops, no replicability crisis in psychological science after all. Oh, I
1: can't view the site.
5: Uh, someone blocked the page. Yeah, the school what, did. What? <laughs>
1: they they used to let, when I used to be here, they used to let you go to like real you know, dirty websites, and they block Psych Central. What the heck?
5: Ooh. There it's might be a conspiracy now. here. Yeah,
1: which means it is.
5: Well, I don't think all of psych is um, you know, completely like them um, throwaway like yeah, it's, all... it's like probably the, like uh the studies cuz the thing was like uh, when it comes to like um, information so it's just, like different parts of the brain. You just can't say like oh, that part of it is like a total doo-doo. um cuz you know, you do learn um, you know, like hey, different parts of the brain has to do with so, like different parts of, you know, like motor, cognitive and all kinds of like control. Um, and, or like for example, how like people like behavioral psychology, yeah. you can't just say like all of psychology even including like behavior it's like total doo-doo as i say because i can't say any well, bad
1: no, they, they have the percentages for those they do yeah, yeah but you
5: just can't like rule out all of psychology though because you yeah. know in any no, field so even you, by... can,
1: you can rule out the useful. ones you can rule out the ones that have been proven uh unreplicable
5: well yeah so you can do that yeah. but you just can't like call out all the psychology for it because there even well, with any it field is a large percent into. look
1: at chemistry <laughs> you know they very can significant percent yeah. yeah like look at chemistry yeah, you, you know you can't re- like you psychology is not even really science at that point if you can't reproduce it it's more of a well it's theory. considered
5: more humanities though so it's more in the lib that's why um, i think Penn State and all the other colleges put into like liberal arts that would uh, that's uh it's different from like chemistry biology psychology is more you know human behavior um chemistry biology that's more heavy sciences so that's the differences but even then though there's probably you know i'm also issues within the bio field or even the chemistry field so
0: I think this last paragraph from this article is important. It says, you know, what do we make of this whole data? It says there are two major takeaways. One, many studies falsely uh, or report false positives, and many studies have a tendency to overstate the effect sizes in the case of true positives, most likely due to small sample sizes. The presence of one can be attributed. That's the first reason, uh, attributed to publishing practices in which novel positive results are encouraged over negative or replication results in order to minimize number two. The author suggests implementing pre-registration plans of experimental setups and analysis in order to combat the over-reporting of effect sizes. Sounds like they're trying, like some of these studies, try to make these grand statements that aren't really true. It's like,
1: oh, you know... What was it you know like hey people do really bad things if they uh, eat tomatoes or something yeah i no, no, something like that those. you know like they'll say you know this gives you cancer or maybe not but that's that's you know that's a different Maya. thing but like what was it the sanford thing like you know if you're an authority that means that you're automatically going to be evil but mm-hmm. then if it's like you know some mm-hmm. people might be bad if given too much power it's like okay so there's a little bit difference here yeah
5: and I think it's the way you reward it, cause um in my one uh, my uh my psych two hundred class, like my professor, he kept uh trying to change up the words for the conclusion. Like he kept typing it, uh, retyping the sentence over and over again, cause like the wording really does matter, uh when it comes to the conclusions. So you have to be really, really specific. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe it's the way that these studies might reward things that might not be very clear. So you have to make it really clear. and he states like it has to be like dummy proof. Like it has to be like for like the average person to read the they conclusion. Are-
0: They're confusing as hell.
5: They are, and that's, like, another problem, but then that's when you get into the academics world, and you've said it before. They're very disconnected. This whole thing is
1: academics world. That's
5: what I don't
1: like about
0: it. It's so, like, these
5: people are in their little bubbles. We're in a university, so. They're in their
1: little ivory tower. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: we'll look at some of the other slides we got we better up here. we keep on
1: going before we keep getting sidetracked. I
0: from. know, but I think it was important and it was interesting at the same time. Let's see. Alienation's the next bit. It has like a B on it for some reason. Time poverty. Oh, boy. Oh, here it is. An introduction to Marxist humanism. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> For Marx, human nature is defined by our creative capacity as a conscious, free producer, realizing our species being through the life activity of our labor.
1: What the heck does, what does that, that mean? mean? That's just a bunch of words salad.
0: I know. Our creative capacity is what distinguishes our labor from that of animals. I mean, I guess that's kind okay, of, kind well, of okay, true. Okay, well, where are we
1: getting at it?
0: Under capitalism, however, man is alienated from his own autonomous, creative, and social nature. And for-
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. How? All right, let's capitalism see the, let's gives see the, him freedom. Let's see the four key ways. Socialism
0: says you can't do this and that. Um, let me find what's the next slide.
1: T- yeah, do you talk about what the four free ways are?
0: Yeah, let's see. I, I think I have the slide up there. or Maybe I don't. Oh, here it is uh alienation from the products of our labor we're not entitled to what we produce uh, what well,
1: what, are you well, what are you
0: producing if you're producing a rolls royce yeah. Like, if
1: you're a farmer you can absolutely get your stuff you just sell some of it because you're not going to eat like a whole thing of it
0: yeah like that's a bit of a silly point the act of work itself, we do not feel connected to the act of our labor. Well, that just depends what job you're doing. Not everybody's going to oh, love think a job. They were, you
1: think they're better in Soviet Union times? Oh, no, they weren't. People would... Oh well, yeah, people were connected because they just stole stuff from their assembly line. Yeah. Like That was a huge problem in the Soviet Union. Like, they, it was such a screwed up system that engine, like people would rather be a, a worker at a convenience store than an engineer. That's pretty bad. Because they could get more money by selling it, by stealing the food... Over mm-hmm. at the convenience store before everyone else had the chance to get it, and then selling it on the black market for four times markup.
0: So another another alienation is of ourselves. Capitalism goes against human nature. Wait, no, that's so stupid. Capitalism takes advantage of human nature. So it makes knows us different than people animals. People are selfish, and it. <laughs> takes advantage of that
1: for the benefit of everyone else. Capitalism makes us different than animals, like we can actually go and trade, like that's actually something we should celebrate. Yeah, you can own your own business. Yeah, you can go and like create something, you can have a niche in the world, other than just, you know, something, you know, this is how I sit, like make food and eat and poop.
0: And here's another thing, alienation from other human beings, we are pitted against our fellow worker, uh, everything's fellow, competition. Rather than collaboration. No,
4: if you work on a team, you know, you want to be on a team. See, that competition goes a number of ways, right? So with capitalism, right, you have a lot of businesses that are competing, right? What does that do?
3: Brings out the the best product, right?
4: If businesses are are creating similar products, it's going to drive down the price. And, And so the competition in all spheres it happens with workers but it happens in business in the business world as well so again they're necessary evil you take the good with the bad and yes sometimes things work out sometimes they don't but but it's still it's still better than creating a manufactured system that is destined for failure from the very start um you, these people have no understanding what the hell they're talking about.
0: They act like competition's a dirty word. Yeah, because they're the type of people who couldn't compete in anything. Yeah, in they want life. participation trophies.
1: Yeah, they, they're you know these people do not look like you know the people who would be winning any sort of competition except for, like, they most likely to you know work at Walmart when they're 50 because they can never find a job. Yeah, it's like... Most likely not be able to pay back their student debt. And you don't understand that, like, for example,
0: Apple... And let's say Microsoft, they're not going to collaborate. They're in this for money, for profit. Well, they're going to compete, not collaborate. A good that's why they can
1: innovate. Exactly. You look at like a you look at China. You have
0: an incentive to make a that better The only thing that China product. makes decent
1: is stuff that they steal from us first. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just so silly. Like they have such yeah. a utopian oh. view of things. Like oh, we can just come together and imagine a world we collaborate together. No. It's not how people work. People are selfish. They take advantage of each other. They backstab each other. Like you can't just collaborate all the time about everything. You know, and that's again where their globalism comes into play. They think the rest of the world can just be friends all the time and love each other. Tell so to Israel and Palestine. You want them collaborating. <laughs> and it's not gonna happen real that easily. It's just hilarious. Um, what's the next slide? We have alienation of labor in action. Oh, oh yeah, they had a Spongebob meme on this one. Uh, had, yeah, look at this. Majority, look, it has Squidward saying, I would wish, I really wish I weren't here right now. Majority of people have no personal connection to their jobs and simply see them as a way to put food on the table. A number of global employees described by Gabs, blah, 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 blah. Basically, it's saying that people don't like their jobs and this is bad for their mental health. Well, look. I want to have a job I love too but I have to work towards that something I really push to get and sometimes you got you know make sacrifices life and do things you don't want to do because you need to make money to put food on the table socialism and capitalism isn't going to make you do the job you love like China they just say oh you have a kid he's going to be an engineer oh you have a kid he's going to work for our military you know it's like there is no freedom to choose what you want to do and to be fair like in yeah, america there are already. limitations where you know you're not everybody can be this and
1: that but that's just how it works that's just going to be natural oh, yeah like you can't even like if you're in china and you have like a uh what was it a registration you live in the middle of the countryside you're gonna be a peasant your whole life you're, you're not really gonna be able to change anything you live in you get you're born in beijing that's like you know you're top of the world now yeah it's,
0: it's just such a very idealistic and, like, they just look through things through this one frame that doesn't consider anything. I don't think these people have had jobs. And if they have, they blame it on, you know, if they're bad at their job, let's say they'll blame on other people. You know, they don't look inward. They always look sort of outward. And they only look at one side, the picture here. Uh, what's the next slide here? Uh, time poverty. What is that about? trying to go through these in order, but it's difficult because I don't even know what they're talking about on half of these things. Even if you're economically stable in capitalism, you have limited time to do things you enjoy.
1: Oh, so apparently in communist land, they just have unlimited time to do everything?
0: Yeah, I think they, they want us clocks. to sit around and have, you know, like, I mean, maybe if we have robots doing stuff and we turn to like Wally and have people...
4: Do Dude, them. if you yeah. want to work in a job, like, look, you have, there's trade-offs. Sorry.
0: Yeah.
3: There's
4: trade-offs. If you want to work if you want free time, okay, you, you're probably gonna have a lower quality of life. Sorry, or unless you have some job that only you can do, right? So, or like you know, you have jobs that are now even that doesn't even apply in 2019 anyway, because mostly. A lot of these jobs, you know, like accounting and all that stuff, they have flex scheduling anyway. They just mark, they just like mark, put put what hours they want to work in or put what hours they worked on a particular thing and then they get paid. That's how they get paid. If they want to work, so that way, and, and like, like I know in my internship, I had an internship with an accounting firm. They gave me a laptop and I worked on, and I worked on, the stuff whatever 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 projects we were working on Mm
3: -hmm.
4: whenever whenever i could like if i wanted to work on it during the day i just mark it on on the pay stub if i worked on it on night like on my free time i do that um and, and that's where that's where most of the stuff is going in 2019 just because the technology has evolved the way that it has it's like there's this argument is not specific enough for the points that it's trying to make. Like mm-hmm. it's just—it's ridiculous. I, I don't. Why? How does this make any freaking sense?
0: Yeah, it's terrible. And the last like major slide they had was the solution. To everything, uh, and there's a meme of fully automated luxury gay space communism as a solution. I guess it's a joke. But I don't, don't know. I, I don't know either. I don't quite get. But they, their solution is unalienated labor from each according to their own ability to each coin to their need, structuring labor around the needs of the many rather than the profit of a few. Drastically shortening the forty-hour work week has been plausible for every other every for over a century due to capitalistic overproduction. Now with the rise of automation, is even more feasible as many existing jobs are becoming entirely unnecessary. For proponents of capitalism, this is a disaster, but for socialists, it is fantastic. F-A-L-C. I don't know what that means.
1: Fully automated luxury communism.
0: Oh, or yeah, I guess you're right on that. I don't think so,
4: they're
0: joking. Like, do they really think these solutions are... You know, so
4: I, I don't... I don't see their argument because govern- governments tend to be incredibly wasteful with this sort of thing anyway.
1: Yeah, That's they say capitalistic they have... over, overproduction. Uh, overproduction. <laughs> I don't think communists will be able to do that. So you know that forty-hour workweek, yeah. maybe will but need But doesn't be the market now. adjust to overproduction?
4: Yeah, you can't be wasteful in the corporate world because you know there's you won't last. You just won't last being wasteful unless you're unless you're in an industry that you're you dominate so much that you can afford to be wasteful, mm. but you can't like most, most, most industries have competition. You can't afford to just be inherently wasteful because you're going to lose. Your company's going to lose. You, the, it, capitalism by its own. It, it's naturally, it's naturally efficient. And, and, the government is like naturally. Look, look, you look at these governments. They're they, these communist or socialist governments. They're wasteful. They're incredibly wasteful.
0: It was funny because they also point to like um, countries that supposedly have better health care than us, and they they point out Cuba.
1: No, no. It was no. one of the
0: dumbest things ever. No. Like Cuba is better because I think they.
1: Yeah, they probably, uh, it's, they, it's a luxury island.
0: I think they said they had more um, people covered. But I was like, yeah, but it's probably crappier care. Yeah, it's third
1: world care. Yeah, it's everyone like, has it. It's third world care, yeah. Everyone has it. No one wants it, but they got They're, it. It's like school lunches. Yeah. Like, do you re- like yeah, look at how the government dealt with school lunches. Do you really want them to be dealing with your health care?
0: No. It's just this whole, you know, that was the gist of the presentation. Then we had the Q&A where one girl uh, from CR, just made them lose her minds when she said that capitalism uh, you know, under socialism and communism, you have to go online for bread, but under capitalism, the bread comes to you you know, she was going off now, capitalism just makes her lives better and happier and all that, they couldn't handle that I asked a question about the nuclear family like I allude to you guys, all I did was point to theory, I didn't even answer my question, and they just, oh god, they just got so silly, and it just didn't seem like a Like anything productive was going to happen. It didn't seem like there was just any like Like any structure any sort of like professionalism about it and one guy was kind of like, you know Trying to keep everyone together and it just oh man. It was a disaster for them I bet they don't realize it, but it was a disaster. It was absolutely terrible Any final thoughts before we roll out or anything else you guys want to talk about?
4: i take joy in their disaster
0: <laughs> hashtag
1: me yeah, too yeah did um yeah how upset were they when you triggered like when he brought the fact when we so... walked in yeah
0: oh when we walked in they were just like oh them he gave us kind of like a dirty look i was like oh and i had my maga hat on and a bunch of other people did so i was like hello oh
1: yeah <laughs>
0: oh it was fabulous oh uh... We we will do. We, this is why I, I sent our group was Like great job, everyone. We are all civil, yeah, you guys, so you nice, do more articulate. Of these. And if you know of any other of these coming up, please let us know, and we will make an appearance. <laughs> you know, this gets so many people out too. Like even before, like during, like when finals are starting to come up, we got like thirty people to this. That's impressive. Conservatives may be a minority, but we are the Ooh. most active, you know, uh, political group by far on this campus.
1: Yeah, you get to go and see people. Like, you, you really talk to some people.
0: And if anyone, by the way, if, if anyone has gotten this far in the video or the podcast, we have to create a brand new club to bring our speaker in the spring because they are that controversial. They're not crazy. They're not wacky. They're not Richard Spencer, David Duke types, but we have to create a new club. So if you know a conservative professor that could be our advisor, please let us know because we need to make this happen like so badly just to see the look on these people's faces when they see that Voldemort calling him that because he will not be named is coming soon. It's going to be just amazing. I can't wait. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news.